Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Anias coming near side. Anias Smith. He's to midfield. Cuts it back. This one may go to the house. is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. So that is a costly penalty that puts Kentucky back on the field. And then Ray Davis, all day Ray. Look at him go. Man, oh man, is Davis doing it up. 75-yard touchdown for sweet baby Ray. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. Sixty-five Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Empty backfield for Williams. He's got a wing back and a receiver boundary side right. High snap, yanked down, sets to throw, scans to his right, scans back to his left. Is he going to run now? Now he fakes running the near side. He's going to whip it downfield, and it is caught at the 35-yard line across the field, running to the right side. He's being chased by Woods. Can't get him. 10-5 end zone. Touchdown. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. Brooks! Goodbye. Jonathan Brooks. 54 yards for the Texas touchdown. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Here's Paul Catalina. 
Welcome in 365 Sports on your Friday. The Smokes are off doing high school football. Another big weekend of college football coming up at 3.30. We've got David Nuno, TexAgs.com, to talk about AM and Bama at 3.45. Grayson Greenhafer will dive into Baylor and Texas Tech plus uh, any kind of recruiting bump maybe the Bears got uh, from the uh, the big comeback last weekend. 4.30, Josh Neighbors of the Neighborhood Watch and Crystal Ball College Football. And at 5 o'clock, Sam Bradshaw will break down all the X's and O's of Baylor and Texas Tech. In between then, we're going to have fun talking about the big college football weekend and the news therein. Hello, chat. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, tonight uh, in the Big 12, Kansas State and Oklahoma State uh, and... What a critical game. Um, I mean, look, it's, it is for, I mean, every game is a conference game, but it's a very critical game for Oklahoma State to show that they might have anything. But this is shaping up to be, um, after the last two games that they've played, a, a potential lost season for the Cowboys if they cannot get it together. And who do you not want to see on a two-game losing streak? Oh, I don't know. The defending Big 12 champs would not be one I'd want to see, a team with an established quarterback who uh, even on one leg came and, and beat UCF a couple weeks ago. Uh, so not not who you want to see. And then you've got Kansas, West Virginia, Cincinnati. Like all the teams ex- that they'll play for the rest of the year, except for Houston, have had better goes of it early on in the season than Oklahoma State has. They've got three different quarterbacks playing. They have no idea which one is good, Jack. They have no idea which one of those guys is good. I mean, haven't they settled on uh, Bowman? Yeah, but, like, all three have played, and it's one of those things, like, it's the best bad option they have. And for a Mike Gundy team, that's just so weird to me that you would you'd get into that, that spot where you just don't know. And, you know, I don't think he's happy about this era of the transfer portal, but he's embracing it. It's just... They got caught in a whirlwind of it this offseason. And the good news is you can always, by, you know, getting in and fi- picking the right guys, you can fix that a lot sooner. But the, like, it's like being, at your, like, you're serving a one-year jail sentence because you just couldn't get your arms around it. I think Baylor is serving one right now the same way in that Dave Aranda, like, dipped his toe in the transfer portal two years ago and – the guys that you like, it's not necessarily about getting the guys who are going to be the one, you know, Mason Cobb's going to like, he left Oklahoma state. He's going to go to USC. He's going to play there for one year. and He's going to go to the NFL. Like it's not necessarily just about those guys. It's about getting the guys who played their freshman year somewhere. It wasn't where they want to be. Now they can come there as sophomores. They've got some experience. They can start for your program and you can go. And then the second year they're in the program before they leave or third year, then you've got a veteran who knows and you, you found a diamond, you know, you found some, someone who wasn't there with you before. And it helps you make up for the losses that you have. The same thing is, look, if you have seven linebackers and three of them leave because they're not going to start for you, well, then you only have four and you can't just make that up with freshmen all the time. So, um, you know, they, they certainly they certainly went through it. You know, I see Wet Blanket says they're going to get reality check tonight. I look uh, for Oklahoma State's case. I hope that they can they can make that a game. But I, you know, getting throttled by South Alabama and then giving up thirty four points to Iowa State, who 
usually it takes them three games to get to 34, is not a good streak to go on. So, you know, like that, that, like that surprised me that they found themselves in that spot. But, you know, we'll see what happens. They've got a good coach. He, he can maybe figure out his way. So I think uh, that's the question, though. Is he is he a good coach that hasn't adapted, or is he still just a good coach? Yeah, I think I think he's adapting. I mean, like he's he's further along down the line than Dabo is. I mean, like Dabo is, you know, ready to die on the hill. You know, and you know we heard it about from Chris Pesman, the the Houston idiot we had him on. It's like you know, does Dana does he said does Dana get tired of the new way? of college football and leave. He even brought that up. I, he said it jokingly, but I mean, he does know that like clearly what? that Dana doesn't like that. And you don't have like, here's the thing. You don't have to like it. You know, they make a ton of money. So it's not like unless they, you know, just spend it all ridiculously that they can't hop out and, and live comfortably forever. So it's not that you have to live with it. Like you're a college football head coach. You've done well. Like you can, you can leave, but it's the nature of the beast now. Absolutely. And all I'm thinking over here is, you know, what's at the core of a lot of good jokes? A truth. nice little grain of truth. Yeah, it is. A little grain of truth. And look, I believe, like, there's there's probably tons of coaches that hate it. There's probably coaches that hate it that fully use it, but hate it. You know, like brushing your teeth, I guess. You know, there's people who probably brush their teeth every night and floss and do it like that stuff that absolutely hate those that was me at one day. point I, yeah. I hated all the all the like brushing my teeth and whatnot flossing before bed but like one gotta take care of your teeth yeah two it's it's an investment in your future exactly so like literally but there's people and there they know that but like man i just don't like the taste of this stuff and you know burns yeah like, and the but co- they don't but they know it's the you gotta take care of your teeth the coaches that that understand that and get through it and learn to love it or live with it at the very least, they're the ones that are going to remain successful or become successful. Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, let's see. Clint Moses, K-State versus OSU should be future Big 12 powers, but it feels like Illinois versus Nebraska is pretty much uh, the same game. I mean, like that Illinois-Nebraska, Illinois, Brett Bielema has them pointed in a good direction. I mean, they had a good year last year. I mean, they but they've not been good so far this year. Yeah. They just got their butts whooped by their old defensive coordinator at Purdue. Yeah. Whooped. Yeah. And that, that Purdue team has been probably underperforming this year, but still, you, you can't have that. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they've got wins over FAU and Toledo this year, and just uh, they've won by a total of, of eight points in those two games. Uh, and then lost to Kansas, lost to Penn State, lost to, to Purdue, and, yeah, you're right, whooped. Uh, this this should be a good opportunity for Matt Rule to maybe get that first Big Ten win. So yeah, you know we'll, we'll see. I don't know that they're, they're both kind of in the same spot, like you said, Clint. Uh, great observation there. Um, you know, I think, but I do think I think Brett Bielema has the point in the right direction. But again, they're Illinois, like they're middle of the pack at best throughout their history. So to you know, you can't just you know walk in and make a place Michigan tomorrow. You know, or what he was doing at Wisconsin when he was there. Um, but, you know, he's had success in that league, and, and, and he'll probably have success again. Uh, but we'll see. Of course, the big game of the week, uh, and we've talked about it a, a bunch. I didn't even get a guess for it, Jack, because we've had, like, 
six guests on it, which it bears having guests on it, is Red River. And as exciting as a as a Red River matchup as we had in a quite a long time, um, you know that the, I know that they played twice. A, what in twenty eighteen? Um, you know they they split uh, that year. Uh, so you know, like that that's fine. That's all well and good, but. In 2018, I don't think anybody thought that Texas was a national championship caliber team. Um, I don't think anybody thinks that of Oklahoma today. Now, if they beat Texas, maybe that's going to change. I think everybody thinks of Oklahoma as a, as a, a good team that's that's on the way back. Um, I mean, Texas is national championship caliber. Do you and, think that changes if they lose to Oklahoma? Yeah, I do. I mean, like, I think that – I don't think that – I don't. Eh, I mean, they'll have more room for error than any other Big Twelve there's, team. There's championship caliber versus like able to get into the playoff. Yeah. So there's a little distinction there. Yeah. But I guess it would depend on how that goes. But look, they've already been tested once by Alabama, and they they passed that test with flying colors. Now the the um I I, I would have liked to see how they would have done against Jalen Daniels. I feel, still think they would have won the game. Yes. But. I would have liked to see Kansas at full strength against them because, I mean, one, it would have been a better game more than likely, and two, it would have shown you maybe something that we, you know, we haven't seen yet with Texas. You know how they a how, truly dynamic dual threat quarterback. Yeah, how they how they respond to that guy, like he can do it all. Uh, Jalen Milrow can do one thing, you know, like two. Well, two out of the three things you need to do, Jalen Milrow can do pretty well, which is. Um, run the ball, which he's, he's fantastic at. He throws a really, really amazing deep ball. But if it's not going 50 yards, if it's just going seven, then you've got a bit of a problem with Jalen Milrow right now. And maybe he'll get coached out of that. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that I really would have wanted to see. I think, you know, that's what sucks. Because, look, UCF is playing Kansas this week, and we're getting robbed of potentially Daniels versus Plumley. Because if Plumley's back and Daniels isn't, then that's a bummer. Like, that's Big just – bummer. It's a bummer. Like, it's maybe not so much a bummer for UCF that doesn't have to see Jalen Daniels. No, I think they'd like to but, get that first Big 12 win. Yeah, I think they want to get that, especially given the fact that they had the first Big 12 win – completely in their grasp and let it off the hook mm-hmm. so um you know that that one uh but red river tomorrow should be as good of a game as it's been in, in quite some time like and, and not like sometimes there are games that wind up being good that shouldn't be you know because one team is good one team is not like and they wind up being good but as important tough like high stakes as it is. And I know that this was like the nightmare scenario for the big 12 to have these two teams be the best two teams on the way out. But you know what? Let's just enjoy it while it's here. You know, next year, this is an SEC game and it, you know, it takes that pageantry over to a, a conference that already has it. Yeah. How do you feel like the, um, cause I, how do you feel like the big 12 is going to like maybe hype up the game or cover the game? And then how do you think people will respond to that? Yeah, this week, just because I think it would be dumb not to because they're clearly the two best teams in the league right now. I yeah. think Kansas State fans have a decent shout at being better yeah. than Oklahoma, than Oklahoma, but not Texas right now. I don't think. No, um, I'm just curious because I know a bunch of fan- there's going to be a big group that's like, why are you even giving them the time of day? This is a whole thing glorifying just the two that screwed us over and are leaving us. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. That's all over. Everything's done. Yeah, it's just I. It's going to be a great game, and 
you know, look, if Texas wins the national championship, that's one the Big 12 gets to, to claim. So, you know, they, they might not win one in the SEC for 30 years. You don't know. Who knows? It was 30 years between their last from between their last two. So, you know, if they win this year, it would be 18. So these things don't, and I, I, and I still don't like, I still don't know if they're, they're there yet, but they're certainly showing that they're capable of hanging with anybody uh, for sure. You it's know. the worst possible year for the SEC West to be as down as it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, it, if you're a hateful eight, like, fan, it's just stuff's aligned terribly for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, um, that's why, you know, that's why there's an interesting amount of pressure on Jimbo this year that some of which he can control and some of which he can't. Um, you know, AM plays Bama this week. Um, and. That one is a game that he finally he got over the hump and won two years ago. The last time they were in Kyle Field, took him down to the wire last year with Jalen Milrow at quarterback for Alabama. So, you know, uh, and a team at A and M that wasn't very good at all. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, there's there is there's lots of of thought that like to me, you know, you you have to do well at this opportunity in the SEC West. And you not only have to do well with this opportunity in the SEC West, Texas is as good as they've been in nearly two decades coming into, well, 14 years because 2009 was, was not that long ago, but in, in, in a decade and a half, and they're coming back into your league to see you again. And that's how you are. So I, I think that I think that this this year is interesting. Like you've got to you've got to finish with some strong momentum and be ready to look Texas in the face next year because they're coming. And Sark has clearly built this team like an SEC team. Like he's clearly built it like that. And that's another like look transfer portal all that like heard it like you know he's got guys from Bama and Georgia and that certainly put a dent in them especially when you talk about how good AD Mitchell is and how good you know, some of the other guys are, but, um, the fact that not even the guys that he got out of the portal, but just the guys that he's getting to Texas now that they weren't getting before that's hurt Alabama for sure. I mean, like you're going to recruit in the same pool. So like, you're just going to go from Alabama to Texas and keep recruiting those same kids. That's all he did, you know? And so yeah, Texas being good is certainly that's, that's put a hurt on the sec for a year. And then now it'll help the sec. In, in just another one. So kind of a weird situation. Um, there's a big discussion, Jack, about some of the deep fried foods at the state fair. And I've lived in Dallas. I lived in Dallas from first through graduating high school. Never went to the state fair. Never went. Got, got free tickets many years. Never went. Not your thing. Not my parents thing for a while. And then I just, I, it, by the time I could actually like, take myself it was like well i haven't been yet yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like i'm missing anything yeah they're talking about deep fried beer and kim coulter wants to know how do you fry beer like they put it in like a donut kind of a thing it's very strange like the if deep- you tell me they just drench a donut and beer like soak it all up in there and then deep fry that that i'm not yeah. gonna lie that sounds good the deep fried dr pepper was one of the better things that i had how do they fry dr same pepper? way okay. i mean like they put it in like a 
It's like in a donut. But it, it, it honestly, like you take a bite and it feels like you're eating or having a deep fried Dr. Pepper. I don't know. I don't know science, okay? It's it's you, magic. It's, ma- it's either science or magic. You might as well ask me how an electric car works. I don't know, but it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as long as it works. Yeah. I'm, I have better luck describing lithium batteries and, and what they do than. So is that the best deep fried fair food you've ever had? Um, the deep fried Twinkie was, that was something else. That's a that, staple, isn't it? Yeah, that, that was really something else. The deep fried Oreo was fine. It was kind of weird. Uh, deep fried Snicker, the deep fried, no, I'll tell you, the deep fried Snickers, the deep fried Twinkie was really good. The deep fried tw- Snickers was really good, but it also had me questioning every choice I'd made my entire life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot. It was, it was the equivalent of, if you've ever, t- like, if, if somebody's ever gotten you a drink, like a four horsemen. Oh, God, no. Like one of those, and you drink it, and you're like, why did I do this? Like, what, 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 uh, what is this, what is taking this drink say about me as a person? What decisions have I made to land me here? Yeah, right here, where I have a friend who's like, let's do a four horseman, and I don't go, no, I'll just have a regular drink that doesn't taste like gasoline. See, I can envision this so much better. I got to meet some of your, your college you did. friends. You did. During the Orlando trip. Yeah. So, yeah. But, like, that that was how the deep fried Snickers made me feel. And the only other time I had that was um, we were smoking hour on the road. We were in Atlanta. Baylor was playing one of their Elite Eight years. This year they lost to Kentucky. They beat uh, Xavier, and then they played Kentucky in the Elite Eight. Uh, at the at the at the old Georgia Dome, and so I have one of my good friends, uh, the quarterback of my high school team, and we we also went all through Florida State together. Uh, he lives in Atlanta, and I we had our off day and said, hey, let's let's go there. And so we went to this uh, this place called Voodoo. It's like Voodoo Burgers. It, it was on Man versus Food, and so they had a burger, Jack, that was two patties, cheese, bacon, a fried egg. And the bun was a grilled cheese sandwich and a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm. And so we're looking at the menu, and I'm thinking, like, no, there's no way I'm going to get that. I have to tell Sean. But we're also a couple beers in, and he decides, like, hey, he decides to, like, dare me. He's like, you got to do that. You're here. Like, what are you? Like, he gets me going. And so I decided to do it. And I was supposed to meet Smokey and Hobby Hal out later. And I just called Smokey and said, I can't. I'm not leaving this room. (laughs) Maybe ever. Like, just maybe, I don't imagine, like, it was good, but I, I could not tell you, I would have rather had, like, 700 gallons of moonshine would have made me feel better than eating that sandwich. That was, Jeez. I felt so terrible. So, so terrible. But, should be a great one at the, at the Cotton Bowl tomorrow. If you're going, I hope you, let, in the chat, if you're going up there, let us know. Let, let what's your, what's your fair plan and all that. Uh, should be a, should be a really good time. It's 59 degrees in West Texas right now. Sounds kind of nice. That's what Paxton says. That sounds nice. That sounds wonderful. It's glorious. So, <laughs> Raj P, we need more Paul Foodie stories. I have them. Maybe, maybe we'll just do like a YouTube shorts where we like dim the lights in this room, like give me a drink. Like, just let me tell, like, the good ones and the ones that were tragic. See, I was envisioning this more like ghost stories. It feels like like that one almost was. It almost, like, seriously, almost made me a ghost. I'd be haunting the 
friggin' Marriott in Atlanta. We'll work on some dramatic lighting. <laughs> yeah. You could be super overly serious. Yes. Yeah. Really do it up. Yeah. One of those stupid hot chicken wing challenges that I got goaded into back in the day. Yeah. I, yeah, no. When are you going to start your own version of Hot Ones? Hot Ones? <laughs> I'll just do one with, with, with four horseman shots. Oh, God. <laughs> Paul, why? No, yeah. I love that show, by the way. I love that show. I love it. It's so beautiful in its simplicity. And, uh, and, and Sean Evans, the guy who hosted it, is really, really good at his job. He's insanely good at his job. When we come back, we're going to talk Bama and A&M with David Nuno of TechSags.com. This is 365 Sports. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some say a dog is man's best friend. But I tell you what, boys, you better think again. Cause there ain't nothing better than some cows, pigs, and turkeys, too. I love to cover them in sauce down at Rudy's Barbecue. Bring all your friends to Rudy's for some tasty oak smoke barbecue. Next in line. During Jeep Adventure Days, save big on 2023 Jeep models like the Grand Cherokee Limited with values up to $5,500 or 10% off MSRP on new Jeep Gladiators on all trim levels or 10% off MSRP on a new Jeep Compass at Allen Samuels in Waco. 
Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Riverbend Liquor and Wine now has two locations to serve you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now now downtown on Franklin Avenue. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Let Camille Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one, commercial, farm and ranch, or residential. Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, warm. Welcome home. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. David Nuno, TexAgs.com, will join us in just one second. Took time out of his day picking up his kids to hop on the show with us, so we're going we're gonna to hop on with him in just a second. He was getting his Bluetooth to connect uh, in the car. So um, that one this week, Jack, I'm, I, like, it, is, it is so intriguing based on what's going on in the SEC West right now. And had a beaten Miami, it would make it even more intriguing because this would be I mean, not a coronation, obviously. You'd have to get all the way to the end. But, like, they would be able to be like, all right, look, here we are. 
like undefeated, rolling through. You'd have legit CFP talk about them starting. But they did lose that game to Miami. They're unranked right now. This is a chance for them to to get back in it. And we bring in my old buddy, David Nuno. He and I, I have known him since maybe my like third day in this business. That's how long I've known David Nuno uh, from TexAgs.com. Uh, David, thanks so much for hopping on. This is... This is such an interesting, like, there's a lot of factors at play in this game here for, for A&M. How confident are they, not only this week, but moving forward in the SEC West, given that there's actual chaos in it for the first time in a while? Oh, there's a lot of confidence. Um, and, and I'll tell you, the fan base is very confident as well. Look, I'm, you, you know about BAS, battered Aggie syndrome, where we, we think we're going to be good, and anytime we're really good, Something bad happens, right? Unless Johnny Manziel or 2020 season pops around. This one, uh, since I've been at Texas for the last two years, it's the most optimistic I've seen. The fan base, obviously, after they beat Bam in 21, there was a lot of optimism, but it was short lived because that just that team had a hard time scoring, as we saw last year as well. This team a little different because early on, and, and I, look, Anim hasn't beaten anybody of substance yet, right? Like I don't know if Arkansas, they're they're an SEC team that makes them of substance, but I don't know how good they are. Auburn played well with Georgia last week, but I mean they're they're not very good either. So until they beat a team of substance, it's a TBD. But you could say that about a lot of these SEC teams, to be honest with you. So I would say there's a lot of optimism. Uh, they got to prove it. They got to prove that getting to the quarterback wasn't just you know the two bad offensive lines. Although some would argue that Alabama's offensive line is not up to par. Uh, but to answer your question seven different ways at the same time, uh, yeah, a lot of optimism because of what they've seen since the Miami game. What did the did the Miami game expose them as having weaknesses, or was that something they went through and had and, and have adjusted since then? Where it's not necessarily a weakness; it was just something they were doing wrong. Well, first off, they couldn't tackle that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two hundred and forty-two yards after the catch. That was just atrocious tackling. So that was, I, I, more than anything, that was the biggest issue. The other issue was DJ Durkin had to wake up and put some pressure on these uh, opposing quarterbacks. Like, uh, up until that game, Texas A&M had a hard time, even with that great defensive line, getting to the quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke's only been sacked twice this year. Both of those came against Texas A&M. So since that point, A&M has turned it on. As you know, the last, what, three games, seven sacks, or excuse me, last two games, seven sacks in those games. So I say that all to you, uh, seven sacks in each game. So 14 in the last two games, 30 tackle for losses combined in the last couple of games. I think it was a wake-up call for DJ Durkin to get after the quarterback and show some different fronts. We still haven't seen that back line tested just yet, and and the back line was certainly tested against Miami. Uh, But look, a lot of times bad tackling is because you're out of position and not sure where you need to be. There was some of that. We haven't seen it the last couple of weeks. Max Johnson turned the ball over a little bit uh, against Arkansas. Um, obviously wasn't, you know, pure his best effort, but he was still uh, able to make a ton of plays. Um, we had Tim Brando on the show earlier this week, and he, he thinks Max Johnson should have been the quarterback from the start. I'm not sure I completely agree with him, but they are in a better situation at backup quarterback than maybe, you know, 95% of the teams in the country, aren't they? Oh, no doubt about that. Look, Max Johnson, like this turnover thing that keeps popping up that people are talking about, really his freshman year he had some turnovers. But last year he threw no interceptions in the in the couple of starts that he had for A&M. Uh, the year prior with LSU, as bad as they were, I think he had four or five interceptions that year. So, look, he's got a problem fumbling the ball sometimes. 
but the interceptions, that one I think was a little bit miscommunication between uh, the wide receiver and, and the blocking assignment there. He's not perfect, but the guy throws a beautiful ball. And if AM can protect him, which is still on a, a TBD as well, because the line has been much better each week, but they still haven't been very, very clean. Look, the biggest problem for AM is not the quarterback, it's not the wide receivers, it's not even the running game. It's the dumb mistakes they make at inopportune times, and that's been going back a couple of years. You cannot have a second and two false start in the red zone and then not make the right play when you throw in the ball and all you have to do is go forward and instead you dance and lose three yards. Those are the kind of dumb mistakes that have popped up quite a bit. Arkansas, who had so many penalties against LSU, had zero against A&M. A&M had a bunch. You can't have those and be the team like Alabama. What's the difference in your mind between Jimbo 2022 and Jimbo 2023? A couple things. Um, first off, he's a little bit more relaxed. He trusts Bobby Petrino, and that goes a long way. And look, you've been a radio host a long time. I've done media for a long, long time. We get used to doing things our way, and sometimes even when we have a producer, we don't use them as much as we probably should until they earn that trust. There's no earning with Bobby Petrino. Uh, he has got the, the skins on the wall, so I think that has been a, a big help. But honestly, like I think he learned how to recruit differently because after the 2021 class, there were some, some folks that just didn't fit the culture uh, excuse me, the 22 class, that didn't fit the culture of A&M. This last class has been phenomenal, even though the star rankings doesn't match up with 2022. you got guys that want to work hard, that want to be here at A&M, that understand that you may have to wait. In this new world of NIL, you got to be very careful the kind of guys you let into your locker room. And I think that was a little bit of last year. And I have learned, especially in the transfer era, where veterans matter more than youngsters on that particular season. You still build a team through the young players, but when you've got some, some men on the offensive and defensive line, especially in the trenches, that goes a long way. And they had a lot of young players on both of those sides. David, how critical a juncture is this for him in that we talked about it earlier, the SEC West is as open as it's been. This is what they hired him to do was to go take this league. And not only that, look, I know that Georgia, like we can talk about how scary Georgia is or isn't later on when they, we see maybe more when they stop playing as bored as they've been playing, but the SEC in general could be ripe for the picking if they play this right. Uh, for him and getting off of the hot seat or, at least with people complaining, this particular season to take advantage of it being wide open. How critical a juncture is it? Well, look, I mean, who isn't on the hot seat, right? Except yeah. a couple of handful of guys, right? Like, you can only have so many bad years. Like, you can have one or two, and that's it. And they've had technically one terrible year and one year that you could maybe give a pass to because of the injury to Haynes King, which in retrospect didn't really fit what AM was trying to do anyway. So, you know, that was a bad year, 8-4. You, you don't pay Jimbo Fisher the money you do to go 8-4. You, you pay him to have your bad year be 9-3, right? And there hasn't been enough of that. But let's not forget, before the uh, injury to Haynes King, this, this program was ascending, right? They were really ascending. Last year, there's no excuse for it. They were that bad. It was horrendous. Um, I, I think he's got a little grace, depending on how this goes, right? You get blown out by Bama tomorrow. You know, that, that, that opens up a whole different conversation. But I always penciled this team as a 9-3, and 8-4 team because of the question marks I had and how much they had to grow. You're on your backup quarterback. And I, Brando can say what he wants. I love Max Johnson. But Connor Whitman has got more upside. 
than most quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in college football, right? You, you, you mentioned the Quinn Ewers, the Connor Wegman. Like, there's there's a certain brand, Cole uh, Kublik, like, there's uh, Casey, excuse me. There's a, a brand of quarterback that, you know, there's a lot of upside. So you're on your backup quarterback. I, I don't even know if Evan Stewart's going to be good to go tomorrow. He's got a banged up ankle. There's, I don't want to say those as excuses. What I'm saying is the totality of the season will tell me more than what tomorrow tells me. But what tomorrow can do is set this team up to be in pole position for the SEC West. If Bama wins, they're probably going to wrap it up because they already have most of their hard games out of the way. A&M will be out of the way. Ole Miss will be out of the way. They'll still have LSU, but they get LSU at home. For A&M, this is just a big test, like a test that the last two years where I think you've had an inferior team to Alabama, you've gone down to the last play and you split those. If you win tomorrow, that means you've alternated victories against LSU and Alabama in four straight years in uh, each year. So that would be a huge win for Jimbo Fisher, putting them on path at least to be in full position for the West, something we haven't been able to say in mid-October at all since Jimbo's been here. With Texas being who they are this year and being very, very, very good and perhaps CFP caliber when it's all said and done, how much um, buzz is there about them coming in the league being so good? Like, they, like I know that a couple years ago when it was announced they were coming back, obviously there were not a lot of people that were happy about that in College Station, but that um, but it was also thought, well, they haven't been good in so long, so who cares? But now they are good. What's been the shift in opinion in College Station on that? Texas is good, so don't take this as a slight to them. They are really good, and they are on path uh, to play in the CFP, right? Like that, That's no doubt. But I'm sorry, the two ranked teams in the Big 12, like, look, I don't know how good Arkansas really is, and I know the Big 12 and the ACC had their way with the SEC in these non-conference games. But here's the difference. Every week in the SEC is a grind. Auburn, who is terrible, went wire to wire with, with Georgia. Maybe Georgia's not the Georgia we're used to, but it's, it's such a different grind. So, look, they better jump on it this year, and it looks like that they might, right? Because next year, they may still be that team, and they may be on the right path because they got all the resources and the talent in the world. But there's something different about scheming every single week in the SEC. Mississippi State last year could have won the Big 12, in my opinion. right? There, there are a lot of teams. South Carolina could have given some teams some of the money in the Big 12. It's a different kind of grind in the SEC. No disrespect, because I, I love what Baylor can do, and I've been there with you, Paul, when they've been good. Um, but I just thought it's a different caliber of football from a week-to-week basis. On a one-off, look, Texas got Bama when Bama was still trying to figure out the quarterback situation, and Bama did lose considerably there in the fourth quarter, but it was a one-score game. But and didn't Bama have the lead in the fourth quarter at one point? So, look, it's just a week-to-week thing in the SEC. Uh, get past this year, and you will be on the right path. But, um, it, again, it's just a different animal, I think, week-to-week in the SEC. How much do you think, though, that um... – the transfer portal it has taken a chunk out of the Georgias and Alabamas where they can't just, you know, roll out five-star, oh, this guy tore his ACL. Well, we got two five-stars behind him. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely playing a role. I think that's why you're seeing some of these issues. By the way, we're talking about Bama struggling this year, right? They might loss. be a three-loss team. Yeah. yeah, with one loss, they might be a three-loss team. They may go to uh, 11-1. and one. Right, like every, I feel like everybody's down. Like everybody in college football, it's not like the Bama that has seven first-round picks a few years back, right? It, it just feels different all around. And 
And yes, those with the most talent typically find a way to succeed because football is very open. At this point, you know, I, before the season started, I thought Michigan was going to win it all. I still feel really good about that. But you look, whoever wins tomorrow will be doing Texas and LU. They're going to have a real uh, good path to get there. What's going to happen in the Pac-12 with Oregon, USC? Like, there's going to be some teams out there with a real path. And in a one-off, who knows what can happen? We saw what TCU was able to do to get to the championship game. I don't think Georgia's the same Georgia team. But it's, there's, they got time. They got time to figure it out. Nuno, thank you so much, buddy. Always great to talk to you. Love talking to you, brother. Thanks for having me on. All right. David Nuno, TexAgs.com. One of my, when I first, like, uh, when I had my first radio gig, uh, Jack, uh, I had my co-host went on vacation after a few, like a couple months and said, hey, uh, you need to get some guest hosts in here. And I was like, yeah, you bet your ass I do. (laughs) I'm still very new at this. As confident as you can be. When you get that first radio show, they're like, hey, you got two hours to yourself. And then you're like, I can do that. And then you try to do it. And you're like, no, not when I'm, I'm, I'm green. You know, like even now, 18 years in, I'm three, I've got three hours. Like I want as many guests as we can get. I'm talking to you all the time. Nuno was, was a very regular co-host of mine and uh, always loved, uh, I love having him on. He's been national TV and uh, in Houston. He's been national radio. He's been all over the place. Uh, now he's at, uh, at Tech Sags at his alma mater. So it's always great to have him on. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, Grayson Grudhafer, Sikkim365.com, breaks down Baylor and Tech for us, what he thinks is going to happen. He's already the most optimistic person that works for Sikkim365, I would say, when it comes to the Bears. So I'm wondering what last week uh, meant to him uh, and to get his perspective on it. This is 365 Sports. Right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. When it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models in their class, like the Mustang, Explore, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports Baylor Athletics. Sick'em Bears. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Don's Humidor, your home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year aging room, Quattro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita Dreams and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carol and Ashley... Don Schumanor in the Talwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco. 
Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. The 365 Sports Friday Show is presented by Bird Culchin Ford and the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company. Welcome in, Grayson Grudhafer, Second365.com recruiting analyst and analyst in general, but recruiting is his thing. And and Grayson, um, last week was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It was the largest comeback in Baylor history. Um, they were in a moment in that game teetering on the precipice of, of what looked like um, the abyss because you lose that game as bad as it looked like they were going to lose that game. You're going to lose a lot of hope for the rest of the season. How much do you think that fourth quarter shot adrenaline into this team? You know, Paul, I mean, I think it was huge, right? The simple fact that they came away with the win. But I think it is also very smart to kind of go back and look at how the game got to where it was. And the more you dive into it, the more you watch the game, you kind of come to this conclusion, okay, UCF dominated, you know, the first, uh, what was it, like six minutes of the game. And then from that point on, Baylor really settled down. And I know people are going to point to the fact they were down 35-7, but to me, there were some circumstances there that got you to that point, such as the Dominic Richardson fumble, where his progress could have been called stopped or his knee could have been called down. It wasn't. They get a touchdown. Then a little bit later in the game, you have it's 28-7, and UCF hands the ball off. Mike Smith strips the running back, and they call the play dead. UCF scores. Those are two huge calls that, you know, if either one goes your way, you feel a lot better. But also, I will say, just early in the game, it really felt like Baylor was kind of right on par with UCF in just about every single metric except the scoreboard. And so you kind of sat there and you were kind of like, okay, so in order for Baylor to win this game, they're going to have to continue to do this offensively while playing so much better on the defensive side. And they were able to go into halftime, regroup, not give up, which is a huge thing, I think. Uh, probably one of the biggest talking points this week. And then just in general, come together as a team and find a way to get the job done. But 
in general, I think my biggest takeaway is the fact that you're down 35 to seven. You were getting, you know, it's 28, seven and a half time. And you could have easily just, you know, folded up, just gone home, right? Just been like, okay, this isn't going to work. We see it all the time in college football. Uh, but instead, this team regrouped, came out with the same intensity, same focus, and they got the bounces to go their way late in the second half. And so it was a huge win for them. And I do think it's a moment where you can kind of, if we look back at the end of the year and Baylor does make a bowl or Baylor does, you know, get into November as a team that's actually competing to potentially make a Big 12 championship, I, this is a moment that we will definitely look back at. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and it, look, if they if they wind up losing that game 35 to 10, you know, and not having that juice, you got to question you got to start questioning everything, right? Because it like you you like everything you said was right, Grayson. Like they were doing most everything right except they had had these big gigantic gash plays that had, you know, just stabbed them in the gut and they're kind of we're sleepwalking through some of that for a little bit, but to wake up and do what they did was really huge. Now they have to not allow teams to do that anymore. That that's the next step, right? Like don't don't have to do this all the time. Like just start Definitely. well. Yeah, and, and and Paul also I think there's this I mean, I'm sure Baylor fans felt this and I'm sure the players felt this as well. I mean, you also got to get to a point where it's like you, you're not sitting there thinking everything's going to go against you, right? Because I think anyone that covers Baylor, anyone on the Baylor team, when they saw Timmy McLean convert that that fourth and long, running back into his end zone, somehow finding a receiver, you're everyone's sitting there like, oh my gosh, they're still going to lose this game, even though they've had this crazy comeback. You have to get a, get to a point where that is no longer kind of the mentality or the thought. And they were able to win it. They were able to close it out, stop them, force a really, really long field goal, and come away with the win. But you're exactly right. I mean, at some point, they're going to have to put together a complete performance. But in general, they kind of – I mean, they won a game on the road against, in my opinion, a very good UCF team. And I think, you know, one of the common denominators is they finally got their quarterback back. Yeah. that I mean, this um... – you know, this was the first time we've seen Blake Shapin for four quarters. This was the first time we've presumably seen a, a healthy Blake Shapin uh, for four quarters. Now, you would think he'd be better this week, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it completely changes who they are if their quarterback is healthy. Uh, now, again, they have to do it against a team that's in the pretty much exact same spot as they are. Same record, disappointing start to the season, really need this win to, to kind of swing their their season back the right way where do you see Baylor's advantages against Texas Tech tomorrow so I mean there's a huge stat that I continue to look at and I honestly think it's the biggest stat going into this football game because I think we pretty much know Baylor is going to be able to move the ball in Tech based on everything we've seen from Tech so far this year based on what we saw last year in the game in Lubbock um, I think we know that. I think generally Baylor should move the football rather easily and should be able to score some points. But the biggest factor in my eyes is Texas Tech's inability to be efficient passing the football. And what I mean by that. So Baylor, so far this year, they've played three teams inside the top 24 in passing efficiency. You had Texas State at number 13, UCF at number 22, and Texas at number 24. Baylor struggled with all three of those offenses because they completed passes, they hit on explosive plays, and they just really, their quarterback diagnosed Baylor's defense really, really well. Well, Tech is currently 94th in the nation. 
And that is even with a few games from Tyler Shuck, who I know a lot of people think is a really, really good quarterback. I think he's okay, but he is better than the current quarterback, Baron Morton, and they're 94th in the country. That is a huge downgrade from what Baylor has seen uh, over the course of these few, first few weeks against the top competition that they face. And those teams all took advantage of Baylor's secondary, inability to get after the quarterback at times, kind of all those things, and they were able to attack Baylor. But I think that that stat right there is going to come into play in this game for Tech. They're going to have incompletions at uh, moments where they needed a where they need a big completion. I think Baylor's actually going to be able to get some stops there. And then I think in general they're going to be able to get pressure and rattle a quarterback that is still young and still growing into being you know this really really good Big Twelve quarterback, which I think Baron Morton can be. But I think right now, based on what we've seen, he's not quite there yet. And I think for that reason, Baylor's going to get a lot of pressure on him. They're going to make things difficult. And at the end of the day, you kind of are who you are at this point in the year. And I think Tech is still an inefficient passing team. So while they're going to run the ball well, I think that part of this is going to play directly into Baylor's favor. Mike Smith out for the year. Uh, Josh White, we'll see him more. He was the you know the, their big grab out of the transfer portal a couple years ago. Um he is not really contributed that much for Baylor yet. How big of a loss is Mike Smith? It's a really fascinating question because I think the more we dove into tape and the more you watch Baylor play, I don't think anyone sat there and said Mike Smith has been elite this year or been irreplaceable this year. But what he has done is he has put himself in positions to make plays. It's just at times he hasn't made those plays. So what that tells me is he's diagnosing things very well, but once the play is actually there, at times he's not making them. I mean, you can point to the Jonathan Brooks touchdown early in the game against Texas where he's got a one-on-one opportunity and just completely misses the tackle, touchdown Texas. Like, you can't have those things, but at least he's putting himself in the position to make those plays. I think with these younger guys, when you look at Jeremy Evans and you look at Josh White and you look at Carmelo Jones, Three guys that are very, very talented, in my eyes, more athletic than Mike Smith, maybe have a higher upside than Mike Smith, but how quickly do they process things is going to be the biggest question. And I think Josh White's going to get the first crack at it. His biggest problem has been processing. We know the kind of athlete he is. We know what we've seen, you know, in high school when he was a high four-star guy, went to LSU, uh, at Baylor, big expectations, hasn't quite lived up to them yet. And I think it's because of that processing that type thing. So we'll see. We saw flashes last week, but he's going to have to take big steps forward if he's going to be a linebacker that is out there every single down. In my eyes, I think this is probably going to be more of a rotation next to Matt Jones, and they're going to have to hope that these guys mature and get better really, really quickly because for all of the faults of Mike Smith, the one thing that I think most of the times we could guarantee was he was trying to put himself in the right place. He was able to diagnose plays well. We'll see if they can make up for that with athletics. So they have uh, several commits uh, visiting this weekend against Texas Tech. Of the non-commits, which one do you think is the most crucial for them to, you know, show out for? Yeah, you know, I think in my eyes, this is probably one where I look at Katie Jordan running back uh, Chad Gasper. He's, he's a guy who, very good prospect, a guy who Baylor offered somewhat recently. Uh, in this cycle, but he's really blown up uh, on the recruiting side of things. Ohio State offered Oregon, Tennessee, Wisconsin. So 
Uh, definitely a big-time prospect, a four-star prospect, and a guy who I think is going to be a really, really good player at the next level. Uh, he's probably the biggest uh, non-commit that's on campus this weekend. Uh, there's a couple other ones, um, but, you know, for, for instance, there's, you know, one Fort Bend Ridge Point wide receiver, Ashton Bethel Roman. He's in the 2024 class. He's a four-star guy, a guy I'm really, really high on. I, I think he's a fantastic player, but he's committed to Arkansas, and he's coming, uh, you know, to hang out with Mason Dawson, who's his teammate, who's a Baylor commit, and watch uh, DK Kalu as well, who's a Baylor player. But right now, he's locked into the Arkansas commitment. This is more just an off weekend for him to come and, you know, see Baylor, but also hang out with some of his friends. So I wouldn't put him kind of in that category like I would the 2025 running back, Chad Gaston. Yeah, so that's more uh, – that one's less on the coaches and more on his friends to show him a good time. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and one of those where, you know, I'm going to sit here and, you know, hear every, like he's locked into his commitment with Arkansas, and that's great. But when you come to Baylor and if you're hanging out with your friends and having an amazing time, like you just never know, right? And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. But it, it's definitely a wait-and-see thing. And he's, he's locked in with Arkansas, which makes total sense for him. He's been locked in since he committed to them uh, in the summer. Grayson Grudenham for Sigma365.com. Grayson, enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's Grayson Grudhafer with us here on 365 Sports. When we come back, uh, we'll dive more into the uh, football weekend. I We talked about this a little bit yesterday. I'm, I'm very curious to see how Ohio State and Maryland goes. I'm very curious to see how it goes. Um, I think Maryland's a really good team. I think they're going to score a lot of points. Um, they have the unfortunate circumstance of being in the side of the Big Ten they are in for the you know, for the remainder of this year where they have Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan left on their schedule. So they might want wind up being a really fantastic 9-3 and three team, but their offense has put up points every single week, 38, 38, 42, 31, and 44. So Ohio State's got their hands full trying to slow them down. That one to me is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week with a 5-0 and Maryland rolling to see 4-0 Ohio State in Columbus. We'll talk about that and more games when we come back. Josh Neighbors at 4.30 as well. This is 365 Sports. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. want to know why Stonewood Dental is so successful? Listen to what happy customers have to say. Pleasant. It's different than any other dentist's office. I really feel like they care. And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy. And, you know, I bring my kids and my kids love being here, too. They really love the treasure box. (laughs) 
staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home. It's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. <laughs> I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family. Learn more, stonewood-dental.com. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. This is 365 Sports powered by Sikkim365.com The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now here's Paul Catalina. We'll have Josh Neighbors in the next segment. We'll kind of go around the Big 12 and the rest of the country with Josh Neighborhood Watch on our other station, Crystal Ball College Football. Station. Station, channel, whatever. We'll start... You've been in the industry for a while. I know. I know. There's there's times where um, I'll I'll start thinking of us like I'll start thinking of us like a signal because that's what the radio term is. Like, what's your signal? If I it, just go back, I'll turn into old man and start calling everything that. And then people ask me what I do. I make I make talking pictures, talkies. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, anyway, uh, I love having Josh on. He's going to be on every Friday with us now. Um, he's just he's just really good. Uh, and his uh, podcast is really good. Really enjoy uh, having him on. But uh, I teased before the break, uh, Ohio State and Maryland is such an interesting game to me because Maryland is 5-0. and um, Mike Loxley's had a couple of good wins since he's been at Maryland. But he has yet to get that signature Big Ten one where he takes off, you know, one of the crown jewels, which would be Ohio State, a good Michigan team, or Penn State. And he has an opportunity to do that all for all those this year. Like getting them when they're good, like I don't like I'm not gonna pretend like if, if you're a Maryland fan, you're watching say, Oh yeah, he beat Penn State a couple years ago. Like I'm talking about Beating one of those teams when you're good and they're good. That that kind of a win. And 
He has built Maryland up to something they have not been in a long time. They are very, very good on offense. And look, to, to be quite honest with you, I know they haven't played the teeth of their schedule yet, but the most points they've given up a game this year is 20. And so they've given up 6, 20, 14, 9, and 17. Now, they have not played an offense that I would tell you is good. They have not played a team that I think could argue is good. No. But they are, and they're beating those teams. How you, If you're a good team, you should beat those teams how they're beating those teams. You should beat Indiana 44-17. to 17. If, you're, if you think you're as good as you are, they went out and did that and won by 27 points against Indiana. They won by 22 on the road at Michigan State. You know, like Michigan State's not good, but they went and made them feel even worse. Like that's what you should do. Now, look, everybody's going to get their times where like a team that's not quite as good as you puts a scare into you. Yeah. You can't, you're not going to throw 12 no hitters in a row, right? I mean, that's just impossible. But um, this one against Ohio State is a, that's a key moment for them in, in time, I think, that this is an Ohio State team that's really physical and good, and they've got stars. Um, you know, they have a, a freshman quarterback, which is, is probably the one true spot where you say that Maryland has an advantage. But Maryland has a ton of really good wide receivers. They score a bunch of points. Tyloa Tagviola is experienced. He's a big playmaker. I think... Is he the better quarterback in this matchup? Right now he is. Like, that's, that's my big question. Yeah. Because so, that's a huge edge to have going in to the horseshoe. Yeah. And look, I would say, like, if you just, you know, shot the, you know, sodium amitol into into uh, Ryan Day and put him up on the lie detector and said, look, who would you rather have tomorrow? Not long term. Kyle McCord might wind up being fantastic. You know, like he might wind up being really good. And one of those classic Ohio State, and Ryan Day knows how to pick him. I mean, nope. Like, Yeah, he might be the next Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh, wait, might. no, he didn't actually play at Ohio State. <laughs> well, look, you got C.J. Stroud and Josh Fields in the yeah, top ten. Yeah. So, you know, Ryan, Ryan Day, um, and, he coached, and he coached Joe Burrow for a bit. So, you know. Like, I know, the, I'm just talking some mess. He's, 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 ro- he's rolling along there. So, yeah, Kyle McCord. But when you're talking about today, if you, if you just put, on, you know, all – Cards on the table today, I guarantee you would say he would take Tyler Tagovailoa. Just like I think that most teams in the Big 12, if you said today, a healthy Jalen Daniels or the guy you got, just for the, this season, the game today, most of them would say, yeah, give me Jalen Daniels right now. Give me Jalen, like, and no offense to Quinn Ewers, he's been playing great, but give me Jalen Daniels with what Texas has got going on? Holy cow, that's a fun team to watch. You know, yeah. so... Uh, that that's kind of how you. I mean, not everything works out that way, but yeah, there's yeah, there are. That I do think Maryland has the. I wouldn't call it a distinct quarterback advantage, but right now, yes, I think that that's one of the things that will be in their favor. And Ohio State's been playing better on defense, but this is an offense that will truly, truly test them for the first time, uh, really this year. Because if you look at who Ohio State played, look, oh, Notre Dame is a very good team, but they're not prolific on offense. You know, uh, they've played Indiana, Youngtown State, Western Kentucky. You know, that's no real match for them. And then the, you know, the battle they had with Notre Dame a couple weeks ago before the bye. So Ohio State hasn't played anybody like Maryland offensively yet. I mean, they've played a good team like Notre Dame, but they haven't played anybody that can can. 
be as prolific as as Maryland is today. So that one, that's why I'm just kind of interested in that one and how it'll go. Not picking Maryland to win, but I'm telling you, that one could get interesting. Because again, if you're Mike Loxley, like this is a good chance. Go get that. Go go take a crown jewel. How does that game have to go for Maryland to like, how does the first half have to go for them to feel good? And I think I think they got to score 21 points in the first half. Yeah. I think they've got to do like 21 or more, which they very capable of doing but i think for them they've got to make that game like it was look last year they you know they're right in it until the end and then had a turnover scoop and score kind of a thing that made that game look different so if you are yeah if they need it to go like it did last year but just not make those mistakes it needs to be a, a shootout you know and they need to to be prolific like they have been Make Ohio State have to think we've got to score a touchdown on every possession, yeah. or or we're going to be in it in the fourth quarter. Um, Georgia and Kentucky, I like I, I would I would put Georgia on higher upset alert had they not already been terrified by Auburn last week, an Auburn team that's worse than this Kentucky team right now, but. That team put a charge into them, and so what? I, did, what did South Carolina do the week before, though? Yeah, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. it, is this a Georgia team that can get terrified into starting to blow people out, or is this just who they are? Damn good, but they have to grind out every game, and someone will trip them up eventually. Well, yeah, look, and they don't have the the same kind of guys on the outside that they had before. They don't have the the same kind of playmakers they did outside of Brock Bowers, who is, I mean, just ridiculous. And, you know, they, they figured out a hundred different ways to give him the ball, and it's probably not enough. Like, you could call, you know, you could just sit a guy in the room and be like, listen, your job is to think up different ways that we haven't thought of to give Brock Bowers the ball. And then don't come out until you've got 10. You know, here you go. And they have been very creative with him, and will continue to be creative with him. But I, I do wonder, you know, do they, um, you know, do they have the – they have the guys that can make you jump out where they can make, you know, four big plays in a row and then a game that was 17 to 13 is all of a sudden, you know, 35 to 30 or 34 to 13 and you're like I don't I don't know how this happened. You know, we were we were fine and now now that I don't think they're that team this year at all. Um, but look, Kentucky can make big plays. Ray Davis was a great get from Vanderbilt. Great get. Big play running back. Uh, Devin Leary uh, is a quarterback who can make big plays and I think is starting to settle in uh, a little bit to a comfort level there at Kentucky. Um, NC State misses him terribly. Terribly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I had to look it up here, but Georgia is 1-4 against the spread. And they have a, I think, currently 14.5-point spread, according to ESPN. So I think that's something to watch, Paul. Yeah. I, I think... I think they're going to be terrible against the spread all year, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, they're not, they don't, they're not those guys right now. They could still very well go and win the national championship because it's about winning I'm each not one. not doubting that. But, like, are they going to do it? Are they going to beat somebody 65 to 7 in the national championship game and, you know, look like they weren't even going as fast as they could go? I think TCU is worse than last year and would fare better against Georgia this year. Probably, yeah, probably. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. 
You know, that that 65 to 7 game. I mean, it was just such a such a butt kicking. And it did look at times to me like they are they're only really going 90% right now. <laughs> like they're if they went 100%, this game would be 100 to 7. There is something that was lit under them. You know, of course it was bogus. Nobody believed that we could do this. Like, no, no, no. I don't know if anybody believed you could do this. <laughs> like, you know, that was that was record setting. But yeah, that that you know, they're not those guys anymore. And earlier we talked to David Nuno. If you weren't on the show, David Nuno from TexAgs.com said, look, the the SEC, like everybody in general, just doesn't there's nobody that looks Georgia scary. Old school Bama scary. Trevor Lawrence and T. Higgins Clemson scary, where it can get zero to 60 in a hurry. There's just not anybody out there like that. There's teams that look like they're, they could, they're starting to scratch that surface or could, but haven't necessarily done it yet. And that's, that's due in large part because the transfer portal has changed the way that we have to look at everything in college football. Um, we had a lot of differences in our picks in, in these two games, uh, Jack, across the board, everybody. Wazoo and UCLA and LSU and Mizzou. Yep. I still think Mizzou can't score enough to get LSU, but LSU... I would not agree, even though I picked LSU. Yeah. I I have more faith in Kansas State's defense, and they went and put up enough. Now... Is LSU's offense going to be slowed down by Mizzou? I think that's honestly the bigger question. Yeah. Um, you know, Kansas State was a 30-27 game. Uh, Memphis was 34-27. Vanderbilt, 38-21. So that's their last three. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I think that LSU, you know, is sitting in a good spot here. But their whole season, there's nobody on the rest of their schedule, though, that – they won't fear outside of that, you know, whatever the, you know, Georgia State at the end of scoring more points than they normally do. They even have Army in the middle of the year, LSU does. And that's a nightmare because you have to stop, drill down, and prepare for it. They haven't shown any capacity to stop anything. Now, maybe they're better at stopping the run than they have been against the pass, but I don't I don't know. They're not good at getting in front of people and stopping them from going where they want to go. And... Army's going to take them, you know, kind of out of their rhythm a little bit, and they've got that game in three weeks. So there's nobody on the rest of their schedule that outside of Georgia State that they don't have to fear. You know, if you average 29 points a game, you're probably going to score 39 against FSU or LSU, the way their defense is playing right now. So, um, so Mizzou probably thinks it's got, got got a couple more touchdowns in it. Just the way that LSU's defense has been playing so far. Wazoo and UCLA is interesting. UCLA, a much better defensive team than an offensive team to this point in the season. Granted, they've been playing with a true freshman quarterback. DJ Moore is really, really, really talented Dante? and really Dante Moore. Sorry, Dante Moore. DJ Moore uh, exploded last night in the Bears game. <laughs> <laughs> Made Justin Fields look like a superstar uh, against the Commanders. But um, Dante Moore is really good, but he's a true freshman. And so they're a little limited by that. Uh, Lost that game to Utah. I'm just such a big Cam Ward fan and how he's gotten better year to year. Yeah, I I think they're going to win this one. I think it'll probably be tight, I think, but 
I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington State went in and beat, their, beat them by two scores or more. I really wouldn't just because of how they get when they're hot. When Washington State is hot, they can really, really put you behind the eight ball. And Cam Ward, you know, the, some of the things you'd watch him last year and he'd make these great athletic plays, and then you're like, man, that was sloppy right after that. Was trusting his athleticism too much? He's really you know, kind of honed his abilities very well to where you just don't see those things anymore. And um, said Arbuckle, Ben Arbuckle, the, the offensive coordinator there, has done such a great job uh, in, you know, wrangling him in and making him him better. So, um, ooh, Jack, we have good news, potentially. We have happy Jack for maybe a minute. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, anyway. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm acknowledging your text, and I'm glad to see that. We'll, yeah. keep, we'll keep that Working a secret. Working on some tech stuff behind the scenes, and we've crossed one more hurdle. Yes. That's about all. Yeah, that's it. We're one, one step closer. So uh, let's go back in the chat. Uh, Paxton, Missouri wins, put money on it. Paul Kelly, take Missouri and the points. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go there in Mizzou. Although Eli Drinkwitz, um, Eli Drinkwitz certainly did get his first big win against Kansas State. So maybe, maybe they're playing with a confidence uh, that they haven't had before. So all right, Paxton says, <laughs> take Mizzou in the points. Glad I'm not a betting man. I don't think it's a bad bet. All right. I've got this feeling that it's going to be LSU, but I don't think it's a bad bet. No, like, I almost don't like, if they lose this game, we're not putting them in the pick them again. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if they lose to Mizzou, uh, I'm, I'm making the executive's decision as the pick them commissioner. They're not going in. We only pick five games a week. I'll, there's, there's plenty of other teams. I'll pick Boston College. Sonoma State, I don't care. We're not going to ride the LSU. Will they tackle someone this week train anymore? Now, what about when Bama and LSU comes up? Depends on where they both are. But maybe not. I I have no problem ignoring the popular thing. I don't think LSU will be very very popular if they're sitting at 3-3 and after this week. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Yeah, I have no problem. I have no problem going against the grain. I promise you that. All right, when we come back, Josh Neighbors, the Neighborhood Watch. This is 365 Sports. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle, we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected. Get involved. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. 
Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin. And you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. From the first workout to the last practice, sports is an incredible challenge. Hi, this is Dan Engel with the First National Bank of Central Texas, and we're proud to support each athlete, every parent, and our educators. From families, small businesses, to the biggest industry, we're here to help. With remarkable products like instant-issue debit cards free at all of our banking centers, we've got banking ideas that fuel big dreams. The First National Bank of Central Texas, familiar faces making local decisions. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 super fan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at Sikkim365.com. Josh Neighbors, Crystal Ball College Football. The Neighborhood Watch joins us now from the road. Josh Kansas State and Oklahoma State play tonight. Uh, I don't think there's probably much variance in what people think is going to happen in this game. But that being said, this feels like the moment where Oklahoma State can show what they have, if anything, or start thinking about 2024. Yeah, I think they should probably be doing that already. Uh, <laughs> if, if it was me, I mean, I think Garrett Rangel was, was the right call, quarterback just because you know, I think it's it's the best chance to, to see what you have in a young kid and get plenty of eligibility left, right? Like Alan Bowman, I mean, I think we know at this point you want to get, what, six wins out of him, seven wins out of him. But it's an important game for them. They need to play well. But K-State off a bye, and Oklahoma State had one too. But K-State's coming off by, and it's funny because they're not a ranked team, but if you look at the spread, like going on the road against a coach that we all think is pretty good, they're still a 10-plus point favorite. That's the kind of line that you see a team that, you know, is thought of as a top 20, 25 team. So they might not have the ranking next to their name, but to me still, they're definitely a good enough team to, to be ranked. And um, I expect them to take care of business. And I think they can run the football in this game against uh, against the Oklahoma State defense. And uh, I think that'll be a big advantage they have. And I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be able to establish the run. Ollie Gordon's been really good this year. He's probably their best offensive player this year. 
But I don't think they have the, the guys up front to really establish the run against K-State's front. And even without Deuce Green, uh, it's just hard. To, you know, look, it, it wouldn't be weird to see a Friday night you know, upset uh, happen, but still, I think just K-State's a, a much better outfit at this point in time. All right, Red River, Josh, let's get into it. Uh, this is um... – you know, the the best matchup between these two teams in a very long time. Uh, Texas looks like they are CFP bound right now, um, you know, barring any kind of unforeseen circumstance in there because the way their schedule lines up. Oklahoma, though, too, like regard, if they play well in this game, the way their schedule lines up uh, kind of lends them to be maybe New York, New Year's six bound themselves because they look like a much improved team. Where do you think the rub comes down for Oklahoma to try to slow down Texas and everything that they've got going for them right now? Yeah, and I think I've wondered a lot in the first few weeks, like which team is going to get guys in space against Oklahoma, especially in the passing game, and then challenge those defenders to make tackles. And what they did last year, that was the big problem. They tackled much better this year, but it's not like they've been, they've been going up against super high-powered offenses. Now, I know I know Iowa State's offense has come around recently, but it's not been great. SMU usually expect a high-powered attack, but I'm not a huge fan of you know their quarterback this year. It's not kind of the normal SMU that we're used to seeing, and so I, I think that you know this is the first challenge, a tough first challenge to have. I mean, they've played five games, yes, but the reason why we thought OU had a good chance to do something this year is because their schedule. I don't necessarily think it's because the overall quality of of the team. So I think it's the big challenge is like, can you cover AD Mitchell? And you tackle Xavier Worthy in space. You tackle Jonathan Brooks in space. My God, I mean Jonathan Brooks, you know, is one of the best running backs in the country. And, and their rushing, the rushing attack has picked up right where they left off. I also think too that's a big uh, indicator of where their offensive line is at this point in time. Uh, their offensive line has really improved. And they mauled Kansas. And that's what you expect. That's an improved Kansas front. They mauled Kansas up front. Jonathan Brooks had a big day. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious in that defensive side because. That's where Venables hangs his hat, is, is the defense, obviously. So I'm curious if the defense is up to the task. I know Texas's offense will mess around at times. You know, these, these can be back-and-forth games, but like it, you know, if we're going to start trading scores, I think Texas defense can get the key stop in the end as opposed to Oklahoma's because Texas, whenever they've needed a score this year, ha- has gotten and They haven't needed scores that often outside the Bama game. But, I mean, la- you know, last week it was a one-score game. They <laughs> ended up winning by 26 points even though it was a one-score game in the third quarter. So, uh, you know, I, I trust Texas a bit more uh, at this point. And also, they got, they got the massive chip on their shoulder, or the massive, excuse me, a mental advantage. They beat them 48 nothing last year, and this team's arguably better than it was last year. So is OU, but this version of Texas has that mental edge, too. Yeah, they, they really seem to. Like, the, the biggest thing about Texas before was they were not mentally stronger than most of their opponents. They just weren't no. like they might've been physically better, but they, it did not take months to, to completely shake their confidence. And now I haven't seen their confidence get shaken for one second of any of their games. Yeah. They didn't blink. I mean, they, they didn't blink once when they were at Bama. I, I think the one thing you could say is like their, their execution hasn't been great at times. The Rice game, there's moments, the Wyoming game, there's moments, even the Baylor game, there's moments right with the punts and whatnot. But you know, you think about like the KU game last week, I mean, all of their drives were long drives, and they had a missed field goal, and they settled for a field goal near the interception. But like they moved the ball at will on Kansas, which they should. But really, it's it's kind of on them when things like don't when things don't go well for them. It's really Texas, 
causing the issues. It's not other teams. Now, that could come back to bite them in a game against a team if Oklahoma is as good as we think they are. That could come back to bite you. But you saw the Alabama game. Like, they were not the team making mistakes. Alabama was. And they can kind of go hammer down a little bit, uh, you know, as well. So that's the one thing about Texas. They seem a bit more locked in. Now, I think as the pressure builds throughout the season, that could change a bit because, you know, things will mount each week. But at this point in time right now, you know, we're, I know we're just entering – beginning of October, we've already played the five games. But at this point, you know, it doesn't feel like they've been pressed too much up. But uh, the Texas game against Alabama, like, it just it felt like they were the better team. They were the better team, and I think it just showed. And how often can you say it's in a Texas game? Well, they were better, and they just took care of business. Uh, you know, in those big moments, they have not done that in recent memory. But that appears to be changing this year. All right, UCF and Kansas, I feel like we're a little bit ripped off on this one because when this game at the beginning of the year, I thought, oh, man, John Rice Plumley and, and Jalen Daniels, and we don't really know if we're going to get either of those guys. I think Plumley might play based on the fact that he was in uniform and warming up last week, and Gus Malzahn decided not to play him because he hadn't really practiced all week. But uh, Jalen Daniels doesn't look like he's going to get to play, and that is a that is a bummer for Kansas. It might not be for UCF, who – uh, squandered their chance at their first Big 12 win last week. Yeah, so I think when you UCF, like I've, I've made this pretty clear. Like I actually don't know if there's this massive drop off when you go from McLean to Rice Plumley because I think the strength of the team on offense is the playmakers. So that is my kind of question for them: is you know, is it going to look a lot different? They kind of the same group anyway. And the loss last week was, I mean, let's be honest about it, Baylor's effort was great, but it was a lack of focus and a loss of focus on the part of the night that caused them to lose that game. On the Jalen Daniels thing, uh, Jalen Bean, uh, Jalen Bean, uh, Jason Bean's a very capable backup, but the thing for him is like he's straight line fast and he's a pretty decent deep ball thrower. It's just kind of everything in between. You know, he's, you know it's like he's not the guy you'd pick to, to get you two yards, right? Uh, he's not as shifty as a Jalen Daniels is, he's more of just kind of, I want to get around the edges. If you get me the corner, like I'm gone, right? Track speed, I guess the right way to say that. Obviously, there's a track star in his high school days in Texas. And so, you know, they just don't run the football. And that's the one thing you see uh, you know, rushing-wise, like can their rush defense stand up to what we've seen so far from Kansas running offense? But they're running offense a lot better when Jalen Daniels is in command of it and he's in control of everything. And he's a threat with his feet as well, too. So, it's a huge loss, and I feel bad, man, because, you know, for Jalen, I don't think he wants to miss any games at all. I just, I, you know, I, I think um, there's been some frustration on this front. Uh, and, and obviously it hurts his draft stock, too, because he's a guy that, you know, probably has designs on playing at the next level and might have a chance to be, you know, a backup, uh, you know, get an opportunity in the NFL. Obviously that's being hurt right now by the fact he's not playing. So I think he wants to be out there for KU and for himself and for his future and all those things. I just feel bad because, you know, back injuries, man, you just, they're just, you never know when they'll go away and, and they can be crippling and debilitating. So I do feel bad for him on that front. But um, I think Kansas, I think this is one of those games where you think, all right, they lost a lot of games last year being as a quarterback. They were competitive in a lot of games when he was a quarterback. Can you cash it in? Can you win those games? Because that begins to prove that you've built depth and the quality of your program is getting better when individual players go out and you can still succeed. And luckily for them, this is one of the positions where they are a bit deeper. All right, we'll we'll come back to Texas Tech and Baylor in a second. What is 
TCU looks like they're just missing a gear right now to me. Yeah, you know, like we, yeah. we like they're playing Iowa State this week, and they should get that that win. But they do look like they're missing a gear. And West Virginia, you know, is really tough on defense. They took advantage of every momentum swing in that game last week. So not to make too much of a three point loss, but they do look like they're like because they want to go fast. That's that's the only thing that Kendall Bryles believes in. It is. I had Steven Simcox on the show earlier this week, and I called it the Ricky Bobby offense. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, I want to go fast, you know, first or last. That's what they want to do. Right. And they can't really do that right now. Yeah, so I, I think we've talked about this when it comes to Texas Tech as well, too. Like, Zach Kitley's offense, it's great when you're pouring it on because a team can blink and they're down. But also, you can blink and your offense has been on the field for three minutes of game time, and you've given the other team three possessions, and the game is back tied again. That's what happened when Texas Tech played Wyoming. And so when you have you – know, TCU's defense should be the strength of their team. I do think Chandler Morris is, is improving. When a team like West Virginia tightens the screws on you a little bit and you can't get completions and you can't run the ball very effectively and you're trying to go fast, like you're not really wearing them down. And West Virginia is kind of the worst team to do it because they want, it, they, they want you to do that. They, they want it. Like if you're going to say, all right, let's test things like cardio and hearts. And, you know, uh, you know, ability to make, you know, like tackling, you know, like fundamental stuff and kind of the stuff that coaches love to talk about. Like they are very well conditioned to win that game because they believe in, in what they're doing. And uh, you saw them. They tightened screws on TCU last week and special teams wasn't good enough. And, and, and it's weird to say, I think for Sonny Dykes, because he's kind of a laid back guy, last year was good for him. Was was nice because that roster was so old and full of guys that could take care of themselves. And, like, when push came to shove, that team kind of had Sonny's demeanor of, like, all right, we don't press too much. We're totally fine. And when the, you know, Baylor game obviously being the, the best example, Texas Tech game, too, last year, oh, it's tied in the fourth quarter, stretch it out. Oh, we need the fire drill field goal, and we get a stop, then the fire drill field, field goal, okay, we get it done. All those kinds of things. Like, this team is not conditioned to do that. And so I think Sonny would like to be a little bit more hands-off, but I think he needs to be a bit more – kind of in guys' ears, hands-on, you know, uh, much more of a West Virginia type, like we're all pulling on the same rope type deal. Because it, it doesn't really seem like the hit that type thing was great last year. It was really good, but that was kind of branding and whatnot. It didn't seem like Sonny had some kind of party line. It's just like everybody knew how to take care of business, and it gelled really well. He's got to be a bigger part of the gelling this year, it feels like. And there needs to be some kind of message that's resonating with the guys because it's not right now, and obviously personnel-wise, they're just not quite the team they were last year. And if I'm betting this game, I mean, I'm, well, I, I'm just not. If I'm a betting person, I'm, not, I'm staying away from TCU minus six and a half at Iowa State because that, that line stinks to high hell. And, you, I mean, you don't – Rocco Beck has actually looked pretty decent at times, so you're not really sure what version you're going to get. And this is a good chance for Iowa State to pick up a win, and there's not too many of those in the schedule this year. Yeah, uh, that brings us to Baylor and Texas Tech, two teams that have had wildly disappointing two and three starts. Baylor off the gigantic comeback win. Uh, first time Blake Shapin's played four quarters. He's healthy. Uh, that certainly changes the outlook for Baylor. But uh, at Texas Tech uh, is not going to have their starting quarterback for the rest of the year. It's going to be Baron Morton. This is... Um, you know, good opportunity for him to see to let it loose. Joe McGuire's one and seven so far on the road at Texas Tech. That's the only reason I picked Baylor because I really don't know how to put my finger on this game because both these teams are not consistent at anything. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the mental advantage. Like this is the one where Baylor has that too. Because what happened last year, right? I and mean, this is a game where Baron Morton was terrible last year, and that was a 
the home game for Texas Tech. So I think about that as well. And, and look, like, what do you take? You know, they went shot for shot with Houston, but Houston's the ultimately the ultimate. Like, when are you focused? When are you not? And they kind of folded up shop in the second half of that game. The defense had experience in effort in the second half of Houston. Their offense, I mean, just was shuttered in the second half and did not play well enough. So, like, how much do you, you know, what do you take stock of in a game like Texas Tech and Houston? And then what do you take stock of in a Baylor massive rally when they're getting, you know, the, the doors blown off for most of the game? And I'm glad they're able to take advantage. But once again, like, UCF exposed a lot of things last week, and this Baylor team, you know, they needed a massive rally, and they've got a win over LIU, and the rest of it's just pretty ugly right now for them. So, like personnel-wise, you probably give the advantage to Texas Tech, but I think Baylor's got a little something right now. Uh, I think it's one of those. Also, to uh, you know, Paul, like Richard Reese, man, why? I, I just have a lot of questions about why he was not being used more earlier. And I remember we talked. I think I was talking to. Grayson, you know, the season uh, before it started, just him talking about, oh, Dominic Richardson. And I'm like, I've watched Dominic Richardson run the ball for years now. Richard Reese is a better prospect. He's a, he's a better, he looks like he kind of gets the offense. He's a better runner than the offense. And they went Richardson and last week. You know, you saw Reese have a really good game, and it feels like he's beginning to step up. And that's the guy they should be feeding the rock to at this point. So I feel like they found a bit more of an offensive rhythm. And I do think the receiving core is really good. And, the defense, obviously, is the one area where the personnel is not great. So I think that's that's the one place tomorrow. It's like, all right, we have a mental advantage, but we, we cannot let the quarterback get comfortable because it's not a guy who's comfortable in general, I think. Yeah, you know, he looked good last week. But, like, against us, he is not comfortable. We have a mental edge there. They have to maintain and keep that edge to start the game off. And it's a fascinating game because I don't know how good the winner is going to feel afterwards. But I know that the losing fan base and losing coaching staff and losing team are not going to be in a very good spot. Um, so it's it's kind of like a a win. You're like, okay, thank God. Like we're just we're you know we can get the next week. If you lose, you're like, oh no. I mean, a bowl game could be in doubt for whoever loses this game. Yeah, I mean, if you're two and four, and look, this was skating on the very precipice of being one and four versus one and four. Last yeah. week, there was a time where you're like, oh, man, this could be just terrible. But now it's got some renewed hope to it. I I, I need to see that last week wasn't just a moment for Baylor. You know, like they there are there are like every team. There's going to be like teams that are mediocre like Baylor is uh, right now that have those moments where like, holy cow, look what they can do. But then it's just right. that second that that was the you know everything that had to happen happened for Baylor to do that and it was like 10 things that had to happen maybe even more like in succession that right. all those dominoes a, fell it could be a fleeting moment in time yeah exactly so they've got to prove that it's not and and we'll see uh here because it um i think there's two moments that stick out to me as the, as it relates to this game they uh years ago beat A&M uh in overtime and essentially ruined A&M's year because A&M was going to host game day. Oklahoma's coming in. They beat A&M in overtime at a, at a mostly empty Floyd Casey Stadium. It was a huge win for Baylor for years because they hadn't beaten A&M in 20-some-odd years. And they finally did, uh, but they weren't very good when it happened. Sean Bell was the quarterback uh, back then. And then it didn't really matter for Baylor's season other than that one moment. And then I also think about this with Baron Morton. There was a game uh, a few years ago where uh, – 
Casey Paha was a quarterback at TCU. You remember this? He got in trouble. Yeah. He got suspended. And Trayvon Boykin had to be the quarterback. The weeks leading up to the Baylor game, Trayvon Boykin looked like absolute garbage. It was like, oh, man, this is really right. setting up well for them. And then he came in here and he kicked their ass. Like that, (laughs) that is what they have to avoid historically at Baylor, because again, you have those moments in time, but the moment in time that they need to worry about is Saturday at seven o'clock. Yeah. I just, I'm wondering about Texas on the road when the momentum changes, like they're just not, they're not the group that, you know, that that, that kind of stands tall Mm -hmm. uh, on the road. And I think their play style is a, is a pretty significant part of that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm wondering, like, if Baylor can run the ball effectively in this game, I mean, I just I don't see a Texas Tech pass to victory. Like, they can try to bomb it on them as much as possible, but I just, I'm just wondering about Morton's consistency. And, look, I'm with you on, on quarterback play. Like, guys just – and Will Howard, for the longest time, I could not get behind it. But there was a moment where, like, Will Howard just got – like, you sell. He's better now. He's older now. I, I'm, I went to Missouri. Brady Cook, great example of this. The Middle Tennessee Day game this year, thinking, all right, same old Brady Cook. They almost lost. They got K-State this week. It comes out against K-State and just turns it up, and he's been, you know, he's one of, one of the better passers in all of college football since. Like, guys just hit up a certain point where their confidence goes. And um, I mean, it could be this week for Baron Morton. Uh, Tech Tech would be really lucky because that, that changes their season if he becomes that guy. I just – I just I – don't, I don't think it's tomorrow. I don't I, – it could be tomorrow. I, I just don't think that moment's tomorrow. Not to say it, that moment's not coming for Baron Morton. Okay, let's go rapid fire through some of the national games this week. Josh, let's start with Georgia and Kentucky. Is Georgia still vulnerable, or have they gotten it scared out of them yet? Uh, this is a hammer-down game. Uh, t- Kentucky played them pretty close last year. I believe 16-6 was the final. Um, I think this is one of those games where Georgia makes a point. Uh, last week, they got some things going offensively. and like That was the most Georgia thing ever. They needed it. They went to a... NFL caliber tight end. I mean, you know, how many teams would Brock Bowers be playing tight end on right now on Sundays? Uh, and they went to him, and he was and he was great. And I'm wondering, you know, are they going to carry that over this week? Because Kentucky has this amazing rushing performance last week. I don't think you can do that again against Georgia. And I like Devin Leary. I don't know what happens, though, if you make Kentucky more of a passing team. And so I think Georgia at home. I think they know what's being said about them right now. I think it's kind of where, much like Nick Saban, I think that is where Kirby prefers the team to be, and I'm expecting a massive performance from Georgia tomorrow. I think they win. I think they win going away. Okay, Ohio State and Maryland. Maryland is dangerous. Uh, are they? Are I, we sure? I think so. I mean, look, I, I mean, they score. That's for sure. They do, and they, they played Ohio State pretty close last year, if mm. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can't cover these guys, and it's on the road. That, that's mm-hmm. the one problem, right? And if I'm going to take a, you know, I don't think Kyle McCord's the best quarterback in the world, but, like, Khalil will make some mistakes for you, and I think he might make some mistakes tomorrow. And, um, you know, I, I think Ohio State's just got way too many playmakers. And Maryland's a good story, but, you know, I, I think, like, this is a 14-point, you know, if you, if you lose by 14 or 20, like, you don't feel terrible about what happened if you hang around for a little bit for, for Maryland. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, A&M and Bama. So, I, I live and work in Arkansas. Uh, saw them last week. If they, if, if 
I mean, Alabama's got a little bit better offensive line than Arkansas does, does but if that defensive line for A&M plays the way they played last week and they can use four, sometimes five guys, and get home with relative ease, uh, it's going to be a long day for, for Alabama. I just They have not gotten the running game going in the way that you'd want to see outside of Chad. I think the one thing they're going to need from tomorrow is to evade guys and, and look like you go back to that Alabama Texas game, Milrow did complete some or did create some throwing opportunities. The Texas came after him and he had some chances and he's got to hit some throws. But the one thing he gives them is like he gives the receivers a bit more time. He gives those guys time to get open. He does create more of his legs. He, the receivers have to get more open and he needs to make throws is the big thing. But, you know, I think A&M's got some playmakers and, and, and I want to see what the pass rush looks like. For, for Alabama as well. But I'm, I'm rolling A&M, man, because that is a red-hot defense right now. And uh, the better they play, the more I'm impressed with what happened. Maybe it's an aberration, maybe it's not. But Miami, man, I, I don't know what happened in that game. But uh, something happened when they beat A&M. And um, because this defense looks nasty now. Yeah, Miami's, Miami's got speed again for the first time in a long time. Yes. Here's, here's how I picked it. I think A&M wins this game. Like a bunch of like bloodthirsty wolves, like they just tear after Alabama, and then three weeks from now, somewhere they'll lose a game that they have no business losing. Correct. That's that's their mo. Like you know, get the big I'm, one. I'm on board. Yeah. Lose the small one. Well, Josh, uh, enjoy the game that you're going to tonight, uh, and we will talk to you again next week, buddy. Sounds good, Paul. Anytime. All right, Josh Neighbors, Crystal Ball College Football, the Neighborhood Watch. There are two fantastic programs on that channel. One of them is College Chaos with Garrett Ross and Jack McKenzie. Thank you. It's, uh, it is award-winning. Um, what award? It won the the um, the the Snodgrass Award for YouTube Excellence. Look it up. It's a uh, thing. I hope it's not real because <laughs> then you'd just be lying. <laughs> yeah, the, it's founded by. Glenn Snodgrass of the Snodgrass Foundation for YouTube Excellence. Well, we're proud to have apparently won that award. <laughs> yes. I, I get to give you that news. Either way. On, on behalf of the late Glenn Snodgrass. We're very happy. Don't to call be, him. He's not with us anymore. We're very happy to be on the same <laughs> channel as Josh Neighbors and uh, Neighborhood Watch. Also, Grayson puts out some videos on that channel as well. So uh, y'all, should, y'all should go check it out. Uh, consider subscribing. Yeah, it should, you should. Don't, just get, don't consider subscribing. Subscribe. Only do. Do. I learned do a long time ago from Drake and Josh, uh, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and that was about having a good day. That was a show on Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. Okay. After my time. Don't worry. I got your, your Yoda and Star Wars reference. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll go back through some of the other games this week. Then Sam Bradshaw at, the f- at 5 o'clock breaks down the X's and O's of Baylor and Texas Tech. This is 365 Sports. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears! 
Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, Ideal MRI. It was broad daylight. I stepped into a gas station for five minutes to grab a snack, and just like that, my car was broken into. They made out like a bandit. My laptop, my phone, everything. I called my agent to see what could be done, and he restored my faith in humanity. My claim was processed so quickly, and I was able to recover my losses. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. The Sikkim 365 app is brought to you by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Come by. Let's be friends. Welcome back. 365 Sports. Interesting story came down yesterday in college football. We haven't talked about it yet or last night. Is that pick quarterback Phil Yurkovic is started taking snaps at tight end in practice this week. And according to the source um, uh, that confirmed the move to ESPN, it was likely that he'll remain there for the rest of the year. Transferred initially from Notre Dame to Boston College and then from Boston College to Pitt. He struggled mightily this year. The Panthers are 1-4 and four, uh, on the open date this week. Uh, and um, – Coach Narduzzi was defending him for a while. The 8 of 20, 81 yards and three interceptions in the loss to West Virginia in week three looked just terrible uh, in that game. Of course, that was the awakening for the West Virginia defense right there. Um, and But he's now a tight end. Christian Villeneuve is going to be the starter. He's Canadian. He's from Ontario. Um, I... 
I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I thought that Phil Yurkovic at Pitt would be a good fit. Um, he was very injured last year at Boston College, and that really hurt their season. They, I mean, Boston College had Zay Flowers last year, and that was the only thing you could say really good about them is that they had Zay Flowers, and, and you know he wound up being a first-round pick, and he's he's actually playing pretty well for the Ravens right now uh, as well. So, um, and they did not have Phil Yurkovic for most of the year. He was just banged up all the time. And now it appears he's a tight end, um, a move that's been made for a great many quarterbacks. But I, I color me surprised that that move to Pitt didn't work out. I thought he was just going to go for maybe his last little opportunity, and that might work out under Pat Narduzzi. But, uh, and it's not just been him, but he's been the, the center of it. After that West Virginia game, I mean, you, you saw like the switch flip where West Virginia season is like was like, oh, it's on now. And for Pitt, it's just been a struggle, an absolute struggle for them. Um, very disappointing. They won, of course, Kenny Pickett was their quarterback just a couple years ago, but they won the ACC, you know, and now here they are sitting at one and four and couldn't be further away from where the rest of the teams at the top in the ACC are. So, um, yeah, I, I was surprised to see that. I thought that was going to be a good move for Yurkovic, but it, it, it really didn't. And, um, you know, um, the second transfers never really, you know, ask JT Daniels, the second the, the second ones never really work out. Ask Keaton Slovis. Yeah, he's doing okay. I mean, it's not 100%, yeah, no, but. It's, it's way rare that it works out, like, even as good as Slovis has. Yeah on the scale of things like that. That's a rare one. Yeah. That, like. Yeah. That's that, that is a really run. He, and he left that pit program to go to BYU. Of course, when he went to Pitt, the offensive coordinator, he went to play for left to go to Nebraska. And so then he was just kind of stuck there uh, and, and wasn't there, but yeah, it's working out so far at, at BYU uh, who's done well uh, on the uh, early part of the season. Um, here's another interesting story. Former Baylor quarterback, Kyron drones, who's now at Virginia tech has a half brother, named Jeremiah Byers, who transferred from UTEP to Florida State. They have never played competitive football together on the same team or against each other, and they will tomorrow in Blacksburg, Jack. So they won't be on the field at the same time because Jeremiah Byers is is an offensive tackle and Kyron Jones is a quarterback. So if they are on the field at the same time, it's because... Make it happen. (laughs) Something bizarre is going on. There's, there's only that many players left in the middle of this thing, and they had to finish it out. But, uh, yeah, Kyron Jones uh, has become the starter uh, at Virginia Tech so far in the season, 53-94, 6-17, four touchdowns and interception. They are 2-3 and three, uh, and 1-0 and oh in the conference, and they play um, the uh, team that uh, holds all my hopes and dreams in their heart, uh, in their hands, uh, Florida State, tomorrow in Blacksburg. So, um, But uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting story. Uh, that popped up that uh, first time they'll ever be on the field at the same time tomorrow. Um, you just never uh, – just kind of, kind of a cool story that they'll uh, they'll get to do that. So um, – and, uh, you know, elsewhere around the country, Tez Walker, I wonder how much he's going to play for North Carolina. Um, are they playing – North Carolina's playing this week, right? Um, I want to say that they are. Don't get me to lion. They are. They're playing Syracuse. I wonder how much he'll play against Syracuse. Syracuse, we'll talk about them in the top five. They might have hit their spot 
uh, in the season where, like just like last year, they started like a house on fire, then they play somebody good. Clemson beat the crap out of them last week, like physically just beat them up. And then they have North Carolina. Like their schedule, it's like the, S- the ACC was being mean to them, you know. So they start out 4-0. Then they play Clemson. Boom. Then they play UNC. Then they play FSU. Those two games are both on the road before they get Virginia Tech, BC, Pitt, Georgia Tech and Wake. So they, they might be able to rebound from that, but it's like the ACC is like, no, 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 we're going to let you get beat up in the middle of the year. And uh, if you can stand up and not cough blood after that, then best of luck to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Syracuse. Yeah. I don't think the expectations are too high, but I do think they might be getting a little tired of seasons like that under Dino Babers. I think so. I think that's why this stretch is – Maybe this stretch isn't like maybe they can say like, look, you weren't going to beat Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State, but you should beat Virginia Tech, BC, Pitt, Georgia Tech, and and Wake. So if you can win most of those games, maybe you'll be fine. But if they finish out how they did last year, especially with the guy they've got, a Ronda Gadsden, he's really good uh, player. When they've got the kind of talent, some of the talent they have, like maybe you want to go in a different direction um, there. When we come back, Sam Bradshaw. Sigum365.com breaks down the X's and O's of Baylor versus Texas Tech. This is 365 Sports. Edward Jones Financial Advisors, Ben Erlinson, Chuck Verno, Brad Wilson, and Cam Heathcott understand these are difficult and changing times we live in, but they know how important your financial investments are to you. So is your financial advisor staying in touch with you and helping you navigate today's financial climate? Invest with Edward Jones Financial Advisors, Ben Erlinson, Chuck Verno, Brad Wilson, and Cam Heathcott will invest their time and experience back to you and your money. And like coaching athletes, investing money is about time, patience, and encouragement. Contact Ben Erlinson at 254 Chuck Verno at 720 North 64th Street, Brad Wilson's location at 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, and Cam Heathcott in Conroe. Edward Jones Financial Advisors, Ben Erlinson, Chuck Verno, Brad Wilson, and Cam Heathcott. Proud sponsors of 365 Sports. Edward Jones, making sense of investing, member SIPC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men... An exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovy. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. 
once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help is finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. The 365 Sports Friday Show is presented by Bird Culchin Ford and the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company. We'll get Sam Bradshaw in just a second. I did call him a little early. He's a very punctual, punctual guy. Yeah, he's probably counting on us to be punctual as well, so yeah. we let him down there. Well, listen, listen, I'm on Lombardi time today. Your early is on time, on time is late, late, don't even bother to show up. Yeah, Paul, here's you the thing, d- you're not on Lombardi time. There's a specific amount of minutes. I know, it's 15 minutes, I Thank know, you. I know, I know, I know. You're talking to a Packers owner. I know, I know, I know. Packers, oh, Packers owner. A Packers shareholder, owner, whatever you want to call it. You just got you gotta you gotta understand where I'm how, coming from. How many shares do you have to buy to call up and yell at them? To call up and yell at them? Like to, to like to I dem- think anyone can do that without to, to demand a meeting with Matt LaFleur, how many shares? I don't think there is a number. There's not a number? No. Okay. So all right. I mean, I think a lot of people would have figured that out already because they want Joe Barry gone. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to take Sam on the fly here because we're already back from break. Our breaks. Because uh, you don't trust me with the show. I get it. I, yeah. <laughs> it would be unfair for me to do that to you in this moment. But Sam Bradshaw, Sigum365.com, joins us now. Sam, uh, thanks for hopping on. Uh, as always, uh, this one, um, both these teams have been so scattershot this year. This had to be a pretty interesting week for you going through film. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me on. And it's definitely a mirrored season journey. They each had a disappointing week one loss to a group of five school. They each had one of the better teams in the Pac-12 dead to rights and lost in the final minute. They each got off to the conference schedule with a loss and then came back to counter it with a win last week. They're both on a somewhat similar journey. And – you know, each side is far from a complete team. And it's just that the weaknesses are in different spots of the roster. And it'll be interesting to see how they match up. So, last week with Baylor, was that um, something that they've just not done yet? Or did circumstances have to be perfect for them to pull off what they did? Well, anytime you get down that big, obviously you need some things to break your way. Um, but with that said, the way that each team scored, it fits the profile of a game. You could see a team come back. Aside from the first couple drives, Baylor had moved it up and down the field basically all day. They just had done a very poor job cashing in for points early in the game. 
Whereas UCF, they had one long touchdown where the slot receivers switched and the nickel didn't handle it well. And then they also had the one long run where they got to the outside because either the safety or the nickel didn't do a good job setting the edge. Aside from that, you had the one drive early that they put together with multiple plays for long distance and a score. But from then on, one offensive score. So it wasn't exactly like they were moving it all day. They got out to a fast start, and then Baylor adjusted. On the other side, Baylor was really able to run it all game. And once you had the uh, scoop and score to offset the one that Baylor gave them, it really put Baylor on a lot more level playing field. And kudos to the Bears. They found a way to slow down that passing attack with uh, Timmy McLean. And that really, really was critical because UCF's a very good running attack. But so often this year, you've seen guys be able to pass on the Bears in critical moments. And for them to come up, when it counted and deliver was huge. Yeah. And I don't know, like I wonder what would have happened had John Rice Plumley been playing in that game. I mean, maybe they don't even jump out to the start they did, but uh, maybe UCF doesn't, you know, have the the kind of mistakes they made down the stretch with him. But Timmy McLean was, was good and had his moments against the bears and made, I mean, I thought the, the ridiculous, you know, fourth down play where he ran 30 yards backwards and then heaved it up, uh, was going to be the the dead. I was like, oh, well, that's it. That's just going to be – they're going to go kick a field goal and win this game. But uh, they really showed grit for the first time this year, didn't they, Sam? Yeah, they definitely stood in there and kept fighting. And that was a good team they beat. That's a team mm-hmm. that went into Manhattan, Kansas, and only faded in the very last moments of the game. And obviously, if Plumlee plays, you have to play him a little differently and how well Baylor translates that would be a little different. But, you know um, – you also probably don't get that highlight play that uh, Timmy McLean gave gave you uh, where he just backed up and looked almost like a point guard starting and stopping repeatedly all over the field. Um, but, no, it was it was definitely a gut check time for the Bears, and it was something that psychologically they probably needed to have break their way for the rest of the year because it doesn't get any easier from here on out. UCF was a good team. Jack's a solid team, and you're going to have – good teams from here on out you got to be ready to play so baron morton at quarterback they handled him last year in lubbock um he has not had uh, the best start to his season i know that he would have wanted to but um last year kind of looked like last week he looked like he got his sea legs under him late in the game against houston um what do you expect from him against baylor well what i expect from him is really dependent on how well baylor can stop the run You know, if Baylor can stop the run with limited guys the way they were able to do last year and make this kid execute down the field, I think Baylor has a pretty good chance to match up pretty well against this offense. Now, with that said, this is a team that you have to really, really beat on first, second, and third down, or else you will be dealing with them repeatedly on fourth down. They're going to inch their way down the field. Their line's not amazing, but they'll run with a very good short area running back. They have a clear willingness to run the quarterback they do a lot of rpos where the receivers block for each other they stress they stress you laterally and they stress you with a quick passing game they do a lot to try and carve out little gains and getting them off schedule for a fourth down conversion is very very difficult uh despite the score getting out of hand baylor didn't really do it all that well last year um but they were able to force turnovers on 42 percent of text drives which clearly 
clearly puts the thumb on the scale on what your outcomes are going to be. And part of that was you were facing a young kid and you were making him execute over and over again. Whereas he had really beaten some of the man coverage that Oklahoma State was throwing at him. Baylor was forcing him to make multiple reads. Baylor was forcing him to make those decisions. And he coughed it up on a wheel route on a post-wheel flat that the corner played really well. He coughed it up on faking a bubble screen and then trying to hit a guy downfield who was pretending to block and then releasing for a route. And they were able to get some cheap turnovers that way. And then they got a late throw from uh, Tyler Shuck, and they also got another interception off of the Donovan Smith. And that clearly, clearly turned that game, despite Baylor doing their best to give it back with personal foul penalties and a fumbled option snap that almost let Tech back in it for a stretch. So, um, run game wise, Richard Reese finally got uh, his kind of day in the sun this year, and for whatever reasons, he hasn't been a, a major part of the offense in the, especially in the games that they lost. It was it was kind of befuddling Sam that he had just was not a part of things. How much does he change it when he's in there? He's a very good system fit for what they want to do. He's not the biggest guy, so he doesn't give you all of what you'd like in terms of falling forward for those extra yards the way an Abram Smith would probably have a little better ability to. But he knows where to cut. He's quick. He's fast. He hits the hole hard. And he's a very good fit for the system. But with this running game, I'm worrying less about who's carrying it and more about how Tech's playing you. More than any game last year, the alignment by the defense really dictated the rushing yards last year. Because when Tech was in that tight front, and they were playing those four-eye techniques really aggressively, the inside shoulder or the tackle on either side, the backside four-eye guy was effectively denying the cutback lane because he was so far inside the tackle, the tackle couldn't reach him on those wide zone blocks, which really made, when Baylor ran the wide zone against that look, they got like 2.4 yards per carry. But when they ran it against normal looks, they were very, very healthy, like six, seven yards per carry. But the clear thing that may force Tech out of that look this year is the fact that Baylor completely humiliated them with that quick toss because they pulled those defensive ends so tight inside, they were able to pin them inside, pull the tackle and guard outside, and that quick toss all of a sudden had numbers on the sideline. And I think Baylor averaged like nine yards a carry on that little concept. And it will be interesting to see how Tech adjusts. Is it something where they change their alignment and lose some of their efficiency against the wide zone that way? Or is it something where they double down on the tight front but leave something open in coverage and dare Blake Shapin to beat them? Does Is this a game where they, they can't also do – I mean, they can't keep doing what they did and, and fall behind like they have the last few weeks. Uh, they've got to start starting fast, don't they, Sam? Obviously, a fast start, you, you need it, and especially against this tech team because – they will do everything they can to stay on the field. They'll go on four out on fourth down. They will stress you laterally. They'll run the quarterback. They'll throw different types of run schemes at you. You need to be getting off to a good start because this is a solid offense you're facing. Now, I think Baylor can run on that defense if they play them honest. It's just a question of how they're going to come out and what part of Baylor's offense is going to have to take on the brunt of it because Baylor's offense is pretty well complementary of each other the wide zone opens up certain things the toss takes the pressure off the wide zone the passing game and the play action game complement those 
it will be very interesting to see how Tech defends them based off just how you line up this way, you're going to stop this and be weak to this. They had last year. Uh, just kind of, it's that's the part of the matchup that really intrigues me because they were, depending on how you looked at it, they were either incredibly successful against Baylor's basic scheme or they were incredibly unsuccessful, just depending on how they lined up. And what scheme they bring into the game defensively will determine a lot. And then also, does Baylor have those defensive tackles back? If they have that, the ability to play with few numbers in the box and play outnumbered against the run and live to tell about it becomes exponentially higher. Sam, uh, what did you predict on Sigum365.com? I predicted a small Baylor win, but it's one of those that uh, I've honestly gone back and forth because both teams have some clear strengths where I could see both of them get the advantage on the other one. In Tech's case, I could see Baylor not fitting the run quite well or not having a full complement of D linemen, and then from there giving up fourth down after fourth down after fourth down, and then Tech coming up with a disruptive way to get a to get Baylor off the field that may not necessarily mean that you're all that great of a defense, but you'd break serve much faster than the Bears would. On the other side, Tech hasn't looked all that great stopping the run. And outside of the tight front, which opened up some other vulnerabilities for them last year, they really didn't look all that solid against the wide zone last year. So I could see Baylor getting the better of that team on that side. And then you know, they forced Morton into a lot of different looks. It seems like they have a pretty good concept of how to play this kid. So I could see Baylor pull away on that one. It really is one where they each have some warts. And I just go back and forth on who's got the matchup advantage here. It's really going to be more of a coaching duel here. Sam Bradshaw, Sikkim365.com. If you want to read Sam's work, subscribe to our premium section. Sikkim365.com always got great specials going on. Sam, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. All right, Sam Bradshaw. There you go. Breaking it down, X's and O's for you there. I I can't imagine two more befuddling teams so far in this season than Baylor and Tech. Like, who are you? What do you do well? What do you do well? Like, can you do a thing well two games in a row? Neither of these teams have really done that to the, the point where you'd be confident in them. Well, not to give a cop-out answer to what you're stating as the premise, but... Um... It's tough to say something they've done well back-to-back weeks because they haven't done a lot well, period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, also, that in, in, in another sense, they're very befuddling just because of how, how different their stories of the season are going compared to the expectations. Yeah. People pro- some people thought Baylor was quietly going to push towards the top of the conference again after having a down year. That's just not happening. Yeah. Texas Tech was one of the loudest off-season hype trains. And not only did they lose their, their starting quarterback, who people thought that, hey, he, he is possibly one of the better borderline, what, top five QBs in the league? Yeah. And before he was injured, and, and best wishes to him on his recovery, he was not even close to that. Yeah. Like, he was just a guy back there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John, uh, my friend John, texted me this. Baylor Tech is the identity bowl this weekend. Who are you? Like this, find some identity and move forward. The team that can is going to be set up a lot better than the team that won't because I know three and three and two and four is only one game difference, but at the sixth game of the season, 
it's it's a lot. It really is. That's the biggest one game chasm you can imagine because of what it says about who you are. Especially, look if one of these teams blows the other one out, like you got a question about, like, all right, what do you have? What do you have in here yeah. for the rest of it? I also. Forward? I do think the stakes are possibly a little higher for Tech. I just think the rest of their schedule is tougher. Mm-hmm. And so if you come out on the worst end of this one, which is definitively a winnable game for them, then um, then you've got a lot more questions that will just continue to pile up because they've got a tougher rest of the schedule. Baylor's last couple, uh, last tough games after after this week are going to be at TCU, at Kansas State, and hosting West Virginia. I think those are literally yeah. the last three games. But Baylor's got some winnable competitions with uh, Cincinnati and Iowa State. Look, Texas' Texas schedule after this is Kansas State, at BYU, TCU at home, at Kansas, who will probably have Jalen Daniels back for that that one, you'd think, uh, a month from now. Who over knows a month from now, Who knows? But UCF, um, who... We'll see who they are, you know, as they as they put it together. And then they end the season at Texas very famously. Everyone knows that because of what Brett Yormark uh, said about, about beating them again this year. So, going to be interesting. We'll come back, another short segment, and then after that, we're going to do the top five. We're going to end a little early so we can uh, test some of our um, – our new software thingies, our new old software thingies we have to do. So maybe in a little bit early today, so we have a little time to make sure that we're good to go for tomorrow's show. This is 365 Sports. During Ram Power Days at Allen Samuels in Waco, get 2.9% for 72 months on new 2023 1500 Lone Star and Laramie 4x4 crew cabs. Or 11000 off MSRP on Lone Stars and 12500 off MSRP on Laramie's. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Bears. Looking to connect with Baylor alums in your area? Baylor alumni can help. Looking to host a watch party in your city? Baylor alumni can get you started. Want to step out in your community and serve with other alums? Baylor alumni is your connection with the university and each other. Let's get started. Learn how at baylor.edu slash alumni. Samantha Duball, marketing director for TexasBeefHouse.com. You know all about their great Wagyu beef and product they have. You can go to TexasBeefHouse.com for anything you want to order. But, Samantha, thanks for your time. There's an auction coming up in the month of November. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so November 11th, we're having our first public beef auction. Um, It's going to be here at our ranch in White House, Texas. It's going to be a live auction. You can bid in person. 
you can bid on the phone or we'll also have it online. And we're auctioning off Wagyu and Angus beef. We'll have 30 to 40 pound bundles. They'll be full of steaks, hamburger, and primals. This is perfect for not only the restaurant owners, but also homeowners. So if somebody wants to load up your deep freezer with some great, great product from a place that is just delivering all of the time, what Wagyu from their ranch to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. Welcome back, 365 Sports. We'll be on the air tomorrow, 5 o'clock to 6.30, here on 365 Sports and locally here on the CW uh, before Baylor and Texas Tech kick off at 7 o'clock. And, um, Jack, do you have a, like, non-Baylor Texas Tech game that's your most intriguing of the weekend? I, to be honest, I don't think I've looked at the schedule enough to really... Notre Dame and Louisville has piqued my interest because, not that I think Louisville's actually going to put up much of a fight, but if they do, all of a sudden Louisville's starting to look like a really Mm. real, like, Oh, they're a solid team again, and yeah. I haven't been able to say that about Louisville in a while. No. And also, I just wanted to show people how you to how you uh, connect, pre- correctly pronounce Louisville. Jesus, Louisville, <laughs> Louisville, 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 Louisville. Um, not Louisville. Don't get me started. Louisville. Oh no. Yeah, um, we have a Louisville in Texas, but it's clearly spelled differently. The fighting farmers. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you're from. You're not from far from there. I've actually played in in their their gym during like okay. some like summer league basketball. Yeah. And um, nice place. Yeah. By the way, Arizona State just sent out a tweet that was like, "Guarantee we're like, or you know, confirmed sellout tomorrow." Who is uh, Arizona State playing, Jack? Let me pull that up real quick. I'm going to give you a guess. They're in the Pac-12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just who, saw it. Who would who, who would have a would sellout? And look, Arizona State and what Ken Dillingham is doing is is going to be really good there. Uh, they're not good right now. Um, hey, Paul, what time are they playing? They are playing tomorrow. Prime time. Yeah, prime time. Exactly. <laughs> they're playing Colorado tomorrow. So yes, you have a sellout because Dion's rolling into town. But enjoy the sellouts when you get them, especially when maybe lately they haven't gotten them at Sun Devil Stadium. Um, and yeah, I I think. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction that in three years, Kenny Dillingham is going to have Arizona State at the top of the Big 12. That's a bold one, and I like it. I don't think I agree, but I like it. I like Kenny Dillingham. I, like, I, think, I think he'll do very well in the Big 12. I think he'll do very well recruiting quarterbacks in Texas, of which we have a lot uh, every year. And I think that they will be fun to watch. And I... I think Jaden, if he gets enough guys around Jaden Rashada and keeps him upright and healthy, then that team is going to be fun, fun. So we'll see. Right now, obviously not, and they have that postseason ban anyway that casts a pall over their season, which is 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 just kind of silly. But um, yeah, that that one, uh, I, I'm that's that's a prediction. So if you're an ASU fan in the chat, I am pandering to you. Uh, no, I think I think he'll. He'll do quite quite well. He made this for you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I'm. Here's my. I've already talked about Ohio State and Maryland. Here's my kind of random, intriguing game of the week. I am going to say, hmm, random, intriguing game of the week. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss just had a big win. Arkansas just took a tough loss. I want to know, and I think Ole Miss will win, but I want to know who Ole Miss is. Are you Ole Miss that lost to Bama? Are you Ole Miss that scored those points? Like, who are you really? Let's see you put together a couple of of good things in a row. Uh, Or are you kind of a typical Lane Kiffin team that's like, you know, um, inexplicable? I I think that's the thing. Like, Lane Kiffin is clearly a, a good coach, and he does a lot of innovative things, and he's, not afraid to speak his mind. I just don't know how good of a coach he is yet. Because in those moments where he's got the chance to take that next step, he has not yet. So yeah. Ole Miss and Arkansas is going to be my intriguing game of the week. If I had to throw another one out there, and this might sound a little homerish because I, I am a Purdue guy, but the Big Ten West looks absolutely wide open. And... Purdue under Brom historically played Iowa really well and would cause them troubles. That great defense. So they're out in Kinnick, and I think that's an interesting matchup to see if uh, to see if Iowa can really s- kind of cement themselves as like, yeah, we're still kind of the favorite out west, or if Purdue can uh, back up making the championship game last year. Well, I mean, let's see if that, uh, if that uh, Graham Harrell offense can – can score more than 10 because oh, I, that's I think, probably what it's going to take. What, what's the points threshold per game? Uh, they've got to average 25 per game. It was. I think they're going to top 25 against Purdue's defense. You do? Yeah. Even with a backup quarterback? Ooh. Cade right. McNamara's done for the year. about that. They're going to come close. They're going to come close. Look, what is your self-esteem if you're the backup quarterback for Iowa? I can't score more points than this guy, than this guy. I'm going to succeed where everyone else has failed. I don't know. I don't know. I think you got to be a little delusional to go to Iowa as a, as a offensive skill player. <laughs> what? Not just quarterback, <laughs> offensive skill player. It's just wide receivers going to Kirk Ferentz going, hey, do you watch football now? Do you guys watch it? You know that, like, I'm over here, and I'm supposed to be the fast guy, right? Nah, well. I'm just really curious to see um, what triple option coach uh, Kirk hires <laughs> to replace his own son. Because that might let's be the best thing that they, they he, do. They should go to the triple option. If that's, if they want, here's the deal. If they want to play that way on defense and not change their offense, I think part of the reason he doesn't change is he isn't, he's a little worried about how it affects his defense, which is elite most years, right? So his defense just shuts down everybody. But if he... There's a give and take, right, of if you go to, like, put your, like, a, a faster offense, uh, one that doesn't plot along, What's, your defense goes out in the field more so they get what tired What offense faster. is faster than going three and out? Every offense is faster than going three and out. But, or, I mean, I guess not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Think about it for a second, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's three and out, but they're going to take the full play clock every time. So. Fair. You know. They're going to go. 
So, uh, Josh says, Jamie Chadwell to Iowa. LOL. I'm not LOLing that. I heard Jamie Chadwell in a second anywhere. So, I, I, I thought it was unfortunate the best job he could get was Liberty. And yeah, I'm knocking Liberty. I have no problem doing it. But I think he can, I think he can do better. And I think the, some of the other school, like, look, he was there in Coastal Carolina. There were schools in the ACC that could have made better hires. Virginia Tech, I'm looking at you, but whatever. It'd be cool if Virginia Tech. I'm was not. A brand I'm not an back. AD, and no one's ever going to hire me to be an AD. So I can't. I'm getting really good at that. Uh, athletic director three thousand though, from you, Matt Brown. You should points. find a way to make a segment out of that for maybe this show, maybe the triple option. So yeah, he did it. He played it with an actual athletic director. I watched it on YouTube. It was pretty interesting. Any chance you could get Macro to play it with you? I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I can get, I'll get Matt Brown on that segment there too. Like we'll get them all together and see if we can do that. Um, I'll ask Mac if I, next time I see him. All right. When we come back, I know it's early, but it's time for the top five. This is 365 sports. <laughs> Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC see an equal housing lender. In Texas, there's pea-size hail and baseball-size hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa draft sun, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Next in line. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5. Brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Top five coaches on the hot seat. We're at the halfway point of the season now. This is a an interesting 
season. I don't think there are like big hot seats yet. I think Neil Brown was the biggest, and I think he's, in my opinion, you got to take him off. I think he's four and one. He's at four and one when everybody thought he was going to be one and four. I think you take Neil Brown off. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he, he has to be off. I think he has to be off. I and think some other coaches in the Big 12, their seats are heating up. Yeah, uh, there's there's one of them on this list. But we'll start in the ACC. Number five, Brent Pry from Virginia Tech. Only a second year. I realize this, but they don't really look like they're making any headway. And I don't think they're going to let him go after this year. I know they're, they're two and three right now. They haven't gotten to the teeth of their schedule yet. I they've got to start doing something better and maybe Kyron Jones stepping as the starter helps them. He's very athletic. He's we we saw him here. He's got he's got some athleticism that um big guy, big arm, uh, very athletic, but we'll see. I just think that Brent Pry needs to, you know, he's he's fifth on this list for a reason. Like probably not there, but around like if he if they you know, finish three and nine or, you know, four and eight after starting to it. Like it's, it's probably maybe you didn't make the right choice at Virginia tech. Number four, Jack, I want your opinion on this one. Dana Holgerson. Oh, look, he got caught in a roster crunch this year. That was not completely of his own making understandable. I know he has the full support of Chris Pesman. i like, that's not in question. And by hot seat with Dana Holgerson, it might be his own. Like, he might be the one going, like, all right, you know, that's it for me. I, I, I'd, I'd like to relax here. You know, I don't think he wants to go out like that, and I think that they'll give him more time. But if they continue to kind of play up, like, play how they have been, and, you know, they're just emotionally so uneven as a team. And if that continues to happen, I do think that, going into the second year in the Big 12 with the league getting even bigger than it was when you agree to join it, and that meaning more competition for the players that you're going to be getting. And Houston's in a great, like, Houston and UC, Houston and UCF in particular. Cincinnati to some degree on this. Um, those being the big cities, um, schools, that you can maybe get some of those transfers that don't work out at the the university ofs in your state like that one to get the homesick people, especially in the recruiting area, hotbed like Houston. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like Houston's one of the top three, like it's Houston, like Houston, Miami, Los Angeles are the three best recruiting cities in the country. And Houston is sitting in one of them. So they should be able to kind of maybe shortcut some things a little bit differently. And so, you wanted somebody there at coach who can help you do that. I think that can be Dana Holgerson, but they've got to they've got to start playing better. They certainly have to start playing better. Yeah, they absolutely have to start playing better. I'm I'm actually on the record as saying that I think Houston can only give Dana these first two years in the Big Twelve max before they really feel like they've got momentum because of especially what you were saying about the recruiting bread that is Houston and, frankly, the transfer portal aspect of that, where guys who don't work out elsewhere will want to come home. Yeah, and where are they going to come home to? I mean, you you want to say it's going to be Houston? It's something that TCU has been trying to take advantage of in DFW, and seems like they have do, they have started to. Do, do you know who's going to take advantage of it in Houston if Houston doesn't? Is Texas A and M? Yeah, you know if they're not. I mean, they, like Jimbo hasn't been big in the transfer portal. I mean, he gets he gets the guys out of Houston he wants anyway before they even transfer for the most part. But believe you me, 
he's going to start doing it because Texas is going to start doing it. So you I mean, you better start taking advantage of that. Yeah, they absolutely have to start taking advantage of that. And they need to capitalize on the momentum that is moving up in the world, moving up a conference. Yeah. They they cannot let that, that go to waste. So they really they can't afford to give Dana more than two years. Yeah, and I like again. I don't think he's in any kind of like imminent danger, you know. But he has to be ready to embrace he, that portal but, hard. But yeah, and I think he will be. But they've got to be ready. Like he's got to be ready to to, to pounce. They uh, they have to win seven games next yeah. year. Yeah, this this has before to, the bowl. This is a critical off season for him, uh, for sure. Unless that like, and the only reason I would see him getting fired this year is if they just it, if it just completely on fire. Yeah, know? if they and, bought him out and look like I don't know rice. Yeah. <laughs> who they lost to. Yeah, exactly. Number three, talked about it a little bit earlier uh, in the show just a few minutes ago, Dino Babers at Syracuse. Dino um, has had some seasons where he started out well. Like last year, they started like a house on fire. They played the teeth of their schedule and didn't finish strong. They've got the teeth of their schedule coming up, North Carolina, or Clemson, North Carolina, FSU, back-to-back-to-back weeks. That's going to be tougher for them. Uh, but if they can navigate the back half better, then he might be all right. But – if playing the teeth of their schedule sends their season to a, a tailspin like it did last year, I think that if you're Syracuse, you you got to stop spinning your wheels. You, you you do, and that's when they would move on. Uh, although he's he's brought more excitement to Syracuse football than like the previous five guys ahead of him. Uh, maybe going back to Paul Pasqualoni, who coached Donovan McNabb, but. Um, Clearly, they can do some things at Syracuse, and you can win anywhere if you do it the right way. Uh, and he's brought back some some juice there a little bit, but they've not been able to sustain it. And so they start out well when they're not playing good teams, but then, you know, if if your goal is just to go six and six every year and get you know win five easy ones, win one medium one, and lose the six hard ones, then fine, keep Dino Babers. But right now, that's basically what you're doing, you know. You lose the hard ones, you you win a medium one, and that that's it. Number two, Justin Wilcox at Cal. Uh, given everything, that, and, and Stanford just changed their head coach last year, but given everything that's gone on with Stanford and Cal, Cal needs to decide, as they're going to the ACC next year, who are you going to be athletically? Who are you going to be football-wise? And not that Justin Wilcox isn't a good coach, but you know, maybe you need to, to re-identify who your program is. And the reason that you guys got left out of this until the very end, and it took, the ACC would not, would not have even entertained the thought of Stanford and Cal if Florida State and Clemson hadn't, you know, started going, rock, we don't like our money. You know, had that, had that not happened, we want more money. Had that not happened, and that there wouldn't have, I don't think the ACC, they... You know, they could have said, like, oh, what about Stanford and Cal? They're great academic institutions. They've been like, so? They're all the way over there. We're fine. We got 16, you know, we got 15 teams. Notre Dame plays us four times a year or whatever they are. They're in the basketball. We're good. Lots of nerd schools like UVA and North Carolina and Duke. We're good. We don't need them. Like, what money they get us, you know? Yeah. So... Now, maybe, but, like, I just don't think it would have happened if Florida State and Clemson, and, I, oh, I, I left UNC out of this, don't start squawking about money and saying they're going to leave. Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right on that front. My, my thing about Cal and Wilcox is mostly just, one, are they going to care enough to yeah. even make that decision? And, two, if they do care enough, 
maybe they're smart enough to do the we're going to give them a year in the ACC mostly to let the program get through the first-year struggles and, and, and then bring in a new coach. And it might be fair to Justin Wilcox to like maybe start working for a university if they start caring around him. Because like he doesn't care, he cares a ton. I mean, yeah, like care around him. I hope I was clear on that. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. You kind of led me to that point there. Like care around your coach before you're like, oh, he's not good. Well, do you care as much as he does? Because if you care as much as he does, then you'll give him what he needs. Because the reason that Stanford and Cal got lost out of this was pure arrogance and a total misreading of what college athletics is. Total misreading completely it's an entertainment business yeah i don't like how the two smartest schools acted the dumbest in this whole thing will remain a mystery to the end of time the nice way to say it is principle i guess they were holding to the old principle of amateurism and which i know or, or like oh well or just saying like well we're in the bay area like okay what are your, it's that they deserve everything what, they got. what are your ratings in the area that you're in and you're just not everywhere else in your own city. In your own city, how, how many people you watch you? The, the ticket game. Yeah. Like, how on. many people watch your own thing in your own city? Before you start telling me, let's, let, we'll do great in Chicago. Come on. Number one, Billy Napier at Florida. Up, down, up, down, up, down. That's what the Gators have been for years now. Billy Napier hasn't changed that. I personally think that they should stick with him until he gets quarterback in the door but i don't know if the gator fans will be that patient and i especially if urban meyer rumors are on the table look that documentary and like i did a video we did we did it on the triple option of the day where like michigan state is not the job that urban meyer's taking so don't like when he says i'm not interested in michigan state believe him believe him he is he is looking for the cream of the, the creme de la creme Somewhere that he knows that he can walk in the door and say, these are the things that I need. Not to mention, it would be completely stupid for Michigan State, who is riddled in scandal, to hire Captain Scandal. The only place Captain Scandal, in my opinion, can go back and try to reboot it is a place that would decide that they don't care about that. Because he did it before, and they navigated through before, and things could be different now, so maybe he won't do some of those same things. That's a little naive. You're right. But SMU. <laughs> but I would think that Florida, given that he did that and he's feeling all nostalgic and, you know, oh, look, I can get, you know, he, uh, he would put Tim Tebow on the coaching staff. Like, those are things that would happen at, if he went there. I don't know if Tebow would go on the coaching staff. And he's making a lot of money doing not coaching. So. Uh, but, I mean, like, that would be one of those things. So, they have that documentary out there, or if you could call it a documentary, you could call it a uh, a romantic retelling as opposed to a documentary. Um, docudrama, maybe. I don't know uh, what you call that. But that's out there. So, I think that Billy Napier is going to be in a little bit of heat because, look, Georgia – it's not getting any worse. Like they're not as good as they were last year, but it doesn't mean they're worse. They're still elite and the best team in the country. That's one of their rivals. The number that's the number one team in the country. The number five team in the country is their biggest rival. Miami, who they refuse to play. looks like they're good again. UCF is now in the big 12 is going to have resources. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta get going if you're Florida uh, here eventually. So I think Billy Napier is going to hear, 
hear voices for a long time when it comes to that, unless he gets them winning. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for watching whenever you do. Thanks for listening. If you're on the app, uh, we will be back tomorrow at five o'clock for the Baylor and Texas tech pregame show. That'll be locally on the CW. Thanks to Jack McKenzie. He did unbelievable work today. I cannot tell you guys how hard this man has been working. He has been working very, very hard. We're going to cut off a little early because we've got some more of that work to do for Jack. This is 365 sports.